Welcome to Game Face episode 165 on Sifted Games at sifted.net. Hope you guys are having a great Tuesday. Hope you're having a great start to your week. Big game came out today. Yep. Maybe um, the biggest game of the month. It'll probably be the best selling game of the month. Yeah, I would think so. I mean, I would guess Sony would want us to think Days Gone's the biggest game of the month. But oh, yeah, of course. I, but I don't think that's true. <laughs> it, I mean, it's, it's exclusive, so yeah. I think Mortal Kombat will ultimately end up selling more. It should sell more. Uh, we're going to definitely talk about that on the show. Matt and I have both been playing it. I've actually finished it. Well, if you can ever finish a fighting game. Uh, so we'll talk about that towards the end of the show. we got a couple other games. I got, I think, what may, might be the first sleeper hit of 2019 to talk mm. about today. And I'm pleasantly surprised that I'm even saying that about the game. A uh, couple notes before we get started. First of all, some of you guys have still not checked your inboxes on Patreon. Uh, we've got probably about 75% response so far for our sticker shipping. Uh, so there's a bunch of you guys who still have not replied. Check your inboxes, your DM inbox on Patreon. We're asking for your address so we can send you out stickers. And this is just for folks who pledge at $15 or more per month. Been getting great feedback from the people who have received them so far. Most people have been sticking them on their consoles so hmm. far, which I found interesting. Yeah, that makes sense. Makes sense, absolutely. Uh, if anybody sticks it on their car, <laughs> I'll love you long time because that's great marketing for us. If you're out there on the highways, people see our stickers, they're like, what's that? and they're bored in traffic, maybe they figure out, hey, this is a cool video game site. So anyway, do whatever the hell you want with them, but please just reply on Patreon. It's been a crazy process. Shipping all these out by hand has taken forever, um, but I've, I'm caught up. So if you've uh, sent me your uh, mailing address, your stickers are on the way or maybe got there by now. So thanks to everybody who pledges at that tier. I appreciate it very much, and I hope you guys like the stickers that we're sending out. And uh, folks on YouTube, um, you're watching the show for free. Maybe you're watching an ad. Maybe you're not. You're probably not. You're probably using ad blocker. Uh, but the best thing that you can do for us is help us out with Twitch Prime. The instructions to do that are down below. The short of it is you can give us a free $2.50 per month for doing nothing. It costs you nothing. It takes a minute of your time. We would really, really appreciate it. It is absolutely making a difference for us. So if you're doing it, thank you very much. And with that, let's get on with the show. We're going to kick things off with that game that I was teasing earlier. Something that I think might be a sleeper hit for 2019. And actually, the sales came out today, and it looks like I'm not alone in that. Uh, the game we're going to talk about is World War Z. Uh, the, they announced today the game has sold a million copies in its hmm. first week. And I'm really, really surprised by that. It's impressive for something I didn't even know was coming out until the day it came out. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they did not do a great job marketing this game. They only put out three or four trailers. Uh, it was developed by Saber Interactive. Uh, it's not coming from a gigantic publisher, and some could argue that even this IP might be dead in the water at this point. Yeah, it's definitely coming off the back of a not tremendously great film. That I mean, they are doing another one, but... I they are know. doing another one? Yeah, I don't, I don't know if anyone's paying attention to that, but... Yeah, it's a weird window, because the movie came out, what, like four years ago? Several years ago, yeah. Yeah, it's been quite a while. And uh, I remember when I first saw the trailers for this, and this is what you're seeing right now is trailers, and we do have raw gameplay B-roll we're going to show you here in a bit. But when I remember when I first saw these trailers, I thought this was all bullcrap. I was like, there's no way that this game by this small developer is going to have that many zombies in it. I, I, it. That was really the thing that, that set World War Z apart, 
Mm-hmm. The movie was the number of zombies and the way they were like ran in herds and that kind of changed the whole dynamic dynamic of the zombie movie. Although it was completely inaccurate to the book. Right. So yeah, I've, I've heard that. I've never read the book. Book's pretty good. Is it? Uh, it has a, one problem where like uh, it intentionally makes the military complete morons for the sake of the plot requiring the military to fail to hold back zombies. Yeah. Um, but like it's one of the best like outbreak like buildups in any zombie story I think I've ever seen, and it's done like it's done like a like a retrospective in, interview book. You know, it's like it's a series of interviews with people who are important. In it, it's taking place after the the war is over, and it's like interviews with people who were key figures in in everything, and it's actually really well done. Written by Mel Brooks's son. Oh wow, uh, Max Brooks. And uh, in the end, the uh, movie resembles it in no way whatsoever. Like, the, the zombies in the book are the slow kind. Oh, really? It's, more, it's the Walking Dead-style stuff. Huh. Um, Interesting. It's, it's more of a slow terror burn kind of thing. Um, and it gets into, like, a lot of politics and, like, you know, like, how it starts to spread. Because it starts to spread in an undeveloped part of the world. And by the time anybody figures out what's going on, it starts in China. And China's government won't admit that there's a problem. And by the uh-huh. time they do... You've got like millions of zombies and there's nothing anyway. So it's, and it kind of gets into all that stuff and how like there's, you know, there's still zombies underwater and like, you know, every, even years after the, the war, people like they could, you know, one could just start walk, come walking up a beach. And yeah. Like you got, and bite always, one person you always and start all over again. There's yeah. all this stuff up in like the tundra and stuff where they're frozen and like people like patrol the tundra in the spring and shoot them as they thaw out and stuff. Like, um, there's some really cool stuff good. in it, and yeah. it would have been a pretty cool, like, low-budget, like, you know, if you did it like a Ken Burns drama or like a, like an interview document, like a talking head documentary, but then Brad Pitt got the rights in it. Yep. It turned into Oh, action. he owns the rights. Yeah, his production company is the one that did ah, it. So, that so, explains why he's in the film as well. Yes. Yeah. So, um, so instead it became a nonsensical, like, Independence Day-style blockbuster. Well, I'll say this about the video game. The story elements in the video game are worse than the film. So. Yeah, that's impressive. <laughs> so you have the book, the film, the video game. There, there, aren't, there isn't really any storytelling in the game. Um, for those of you who don't know, World War Z is a Left 4 Dead clone, meaning... Yeah, it kind of assumed it was multiplayer only, almost. It is multiplayer yeah. only, yeah. So it's uh, up to four players cooperatively, online. There, you can play it offline, but I, I could not see any fun in doing that, to be perfectly honest with you. The, the fun of it is teaming up and, and helping each other get through it. And obviously, you can revive characters who are downed. Um, there are certain zombies in the game that if you don't have somebody help you, you can't survive once they get a hold of you. So like the tanks in this game, they'll pick you up and they'll just start slamming you down on the ground. And they'll keep doing that until you die unless somebody comes over and kills the heavy. Mm. Um, so I don't know how I haven't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> crazy bug there that I saw almost as soon as I started playing the game. I, I thought about taking it out of the B-roll, but I was like, no, I think it's it's indicative of the game a little bit. I think it's important to leave it in there. Um, but it's a four-player cooperative third-person shooter, and you're just taking on literally herds of zombies. It's they're not the slow-moving kind; they run. Um, some of the herds that I've seen, I know the trailers say hundreds. I would not be surprised if a couple of the herds that I saw were over like a thousand or, or two zombies. And the cool part about it is, and you'll see it in the B-roll here as it goes on, is you can spot the herds coming from like far away. Like, you'll see them literally like a half mile away back in the geometry of the environments coming. Mm. And uh, then you can kind of start planning. And a big part of the game is planning. So you'll get to sections of the game 
a lot of it is just fighting corridor to corridor, and then big herds of zombies will blow in, and you guys all set up and try to take them down. But then there's other parts where it kind of stops, and a timer will say, okay, one minute until the herd comes. Prepare to defend yourself. And what you'll do is you'll search the environment, and you'll find defensive items located around the environment. So you can find turrets. You can find these things that you lay on the ground that electrifies the ground. And so there are certain segments in the game where you kind of set up camp and you just defend that spot, kind of like a horde mode. Uh, but you have these armaments that you can use. You can, you can strategically place them. You can't place them wherever you want, though. So that where you place the turrets is predetermined, where you place the electric floor is predetermined, but there's more slots than there are actual items. Mm. So you can be strategic in which positions you actually choose to put those objects in. So there's a little bit of strategy to it. But for the most part, it's really just posting up and just mowing down zombies. And the zombies are really fast, and it's scary. Like, when you first see, like, a thousand zombies running full bore at you, you're like, oh my gosh, how can we survive this? And, like, you can see right here, them just coming off over the bridge there. Like, this happens over and over in this game. And it's a, it's a unique feeling that I honestly have not felt in a game before. And you see them coming, and you're like, there's no way we can wipe this out. But then you'll have somebody posted up on a turret, and you can literally just mow down hundreds of them, like, per second with a big turret. It feels so rewarding. Um, and then a lot of times, like, the zombies, they don't come after you. They go after objectives. So, like, here, they, like, kind of run past me because they're all going to a gate. You can see there's the gate there. So sometimes you're trying to defend objects instead of yourself, and you're like, wait a minute, why are all these zombies running past me? It's because they're running to an objective to try to take an objective, and it's your job to take them out before the fence gets destroyed. There's another, in this mission, we're about to watch here, you basically defend a bus as the bus travels through the city, and you have to defend the bus. The zombies don't really come after you that much. They go after the bus and try to attack the bus. Mm. Uh, and so there's like a little bit of different strategies involved there. Um, there are four different missions in the game. And let's see, there's, there's Japan, there's Israel. What are the other two? I can't remember. Um, I would guess there'd be a, a China, a China mm, level in there. I don't think so. Um, Germany? <laughs> no. <laughs> we could go on and on trying to guess them, but... Well, I'm trying to think of, like, key locations in the movie or the book. Um, uh, Yonkers? No, Yonkers, no? New York. <laughs> Battle of Yonkers is the, is the big turning point in the book. Oh, when, it is. When the military does stupid stuff and gets overrun, and that's, yeah. when, that's when they lose the east side of the country. Yeah, Yonkers is For not reasons that no military <laughs> outfit would ever... I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's, so there's four missions in the game originally there were supposed to be three and then japan was supposed to be its first dlc drop but a couple months ago they changed their minds like you know what we're just going to put japan in with the base game and uh there's not a lot of game here yet i think that's probably my biggest criticism you can make it through if you're playing with good players you can make it through each mission in a little less than an hour something like that each mission has like four or five different sex sections and uh you can choose to start from any point as well within each mission. So you don't have, when you go to play it again, you don't have to start from the first mission and then play it all the way through. If you say you were on the third part of that mission and you had to leave or the connection dropped or whatever, when you go back to play it again, you can start from that checkpoint. Mm -hmm. Alternatively, when you're matchmaking with people, you sometimes will get mat you'll get matchmaked and you'll just be right in the thick of it. Like you literally just spawn and there's like 500 enemies like running around. It's, a, it's an intense game. It's an exciting game. 
It's not a great looking game, but I think when I've been playing this, one thing I've been doing is saying, okay, is this better or worse than Left 4 Dead in pretty much every way? And visually, it's a step way a step way farther than what you got with for Left 4 Dead, obviously. It's, it's definitely a step up from the 10-year-old game. Yeah, and the, right. So Left 4 Dead is like 10 years old, so you expect it to look better, and it does look a lot better. That said, it's, it's not going to win any best graphics awards at the end of the year. Now, when you have that many zombies, it, it makes sense that they would have to be pretty simply modeled, and they are. And the gore is... There's a lot of blood. There's not a lot of like dismemberment and things like that. So after battles over, you're not seeing like heads and arms and legs laying everywhere. Lots of dead zombies, but you're not seeing their body parts. And I think that's one way that they keep the poly count down mm -hmm. to make sure that it runs. And I will say this, like I did not notice any crazy frame rate dips. It's not running at 60, but it doesn't dip down. And you would think a, a game like this from a developer of that size, when you just throw like a couple thousand zombies on screen, you would think, I would expect there to be at least a little bit of a chug, but no. I mean, it pretty much stays locked at 30 the entire time. Um, there's a, co a comedic angle to this game, too, and it's not intentional. They don't try mm. to be funny. It The zombie physics in this game are really bizarre. So sometimes you shoot a guy in the leg, and he'll just fly, like, mm. 10 feet up into the air, like, spiraling. Um, if they're running at you and you shoot them, it's pretty comical to watch how they collapse to the ground, and they'll fall on top of each other. And they the, the physics are built in so that they actually play off of each other. The bodies play off of each other. Um, but ultimately, I, I think, you know, what people have to decide if they want to buy this. And it's $40. It's not a full price game. So it is a budget game. And they have announced that there's going to be a ton of DLC coming. Um, and they have to. Because right now, I think you could literally finish the entire game in probably two or three hours if you just played it. Now, they want you to play this over and over again. Mm -hmm. because it's all about loot and guns. And it's not, when I say it's all about loot, it's not like you're constantly loot. You're, you don't loot any enemies. And you're not finding it, it's not like the Division 2 where there's just stuff everywhere that you have to loot constantly to get stuff out of. There are things that you find, there are weapons that you find um, that you can add to your arsenal for that mission. But you can't start a mission with the weapons that you find. You have to unlock the weapons that you can use it to start missions using the points that you earn when you complete missions. And they'll have like an SMG. And then they'll have like four or five different versions of that SMG. And each one adds like an extra attachment. So the second one has like a, a, a muscle break that helps with the stability. Uh, the next one has a clip that's bigger. So you can fire more shots before you have to reload etc etc and then they do that for each class um, and then there's also a skill tree that you have to that you open up using those same points so you have to make a decision whether you use your points for improving your weapons or if you want to use it to basically add buffs to your character uh, and the skill tree is pretty big and it, there's one for each class and i think there's like eight classes there's a lot and each class has its own tree completely of completely unique buffs that you can apply to your character. Uh, character cust uh, customization is minimal and kind of embarrassing. It's not, <laughs> it's not robust. They're all the it's kind of like a fighting game. All the characters are prefab. You can't really create your own. And not like the other, not like the fighting game we're talking about today. Nope, definitely not. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how they handle DLC for this because it is a budget game. So I would suspect that the DLC is not going to be free particularly considering that they gave you what was supposed to be the first DLC episode for free in the base game. So I doubt that they're going to give any more away for free. Um, and I could see people getting into this game and, 
you know, begging for that new content. Because what they do is they, they encourage you to keep playing the same missions over and over, but there, there are literally like 10 difficulty settings. And I played it on the first difficulty setting, and I died a lot. I mean, when you have that many zombies around, you're going to die. Sometimes you just get piled on, and there's nothing you can do about it. Um, so I think what they want people to do is just to keep playing it over and over again, the same missions, and then bumping up the difficulty settings so that when you get new weapons, they're not just completely wiping people out. And uh, obviously, you get more XP, and then the stuff gets more expensive. It all feeds into the same XP treadmill that we're used to with these games. Um, the big differences between this and Left 4 Dead is there are no safe houses. So you remember in Left 4 Dead, there's these places where you go where you can take a breather and you kind of work on your loadout and things like that. In this game, there aren't separate safe houses, but the way it's designed, after you finish a skirmish, there's always a big pile of ammo and weapon crates sitting there. And you can take as long as you want. It's not like zombies just randomly like run out. It's all kind of set up beforehand so that you know whenever the, the horde's going to get triggered and they're going to start coming at you. So that's the biggest change. There, there's no downtime in this game at all as far as like, okay, we finished that, now let's hang out in the safe house and work on our strategy or anything like that. It's, it's like it's just always on. It's, you're always playing the game. Uh, the game is very generous with ammo. You never have to worry about running out of ammo. After every skirmish, like I said, there's plenty of crates to refill that stuff uh, or to refill your grenades. And I think probably the... The funnest part about this game is using your weapons on these hordes and seeing what they'll do. Like throwing a grenade in this game is one of the most satisfying things I've done in video games in a long time. Because you'll get the sections where there's literally like 300 of them trying to climb up a wall. Then you just toss your grenade into that pile and you just watch the pile go boom. Um, again, it's not the most technologically advanced game, but it's just fun. And, you know, there's certain games that kind of transcend a lot of the issues that we have with other games because there's something else about them that sets them apart. And I've had a blast playing this game. I had the lowest expectations for this game. There's the heavy I was telling you about. Mm -hmm. You cannot get out of that guy's grasp unless one of your partners helps you and takes that heavy which, out. Which they are not. They are not. Yeah, <laughs> I actually, I think I actually die here. And like I said, you die in this game a good bit, so... Um, but yeah, it's, it's basically Left 4 Dead in 2019. Don't expect a lot of technical panache or garnish or flash, but it plays well. It runs well. All the tools are there that you need. The content lacking a little bit, but I've had a blast with it. I really was, I, I almost didn't even play this, to be honest with you. Mm. They sent me the review code and I was like, ah, maybe I'll get around to it at some point. Then I looked at like the next like three or four weeks and I was like, oh, I'm playing World War Z. <laughs> Like, I'm going to have to play World War Z. And it was a pleasant surprise. Again, 40 bucks. It's on like every platform except for Switch. I'm not sure if it's on Switch, actually. I don't know. But it's a budget title. It's low risk. It's a lot of fun. Um, obviously, it's interesting that this came out now because mm -hmm. in a week's time, we have days gone. Not even a week. I mean, it's like... It's like three days. Is it? Oh, yeah. It's, it's the 26th. You're right. So... It's, we're going to have a zombie off and, here. Like, I didn't even think of that, but like, Days Gone is competing for pop culture mindshare with Avengers Endgame and the big battle episode of Game of Thrones this weekend. Yep. Good luck, boys. And you have this budget title that's kind of doing the same thing, although it's not. No, I mean, Days Gone is more interesting to me, which is not a thing I think I've ever said before. Um, <laughs> you haven't. In the sense You've not that, been a fan of Days Gone. In the sense that it's a single player like, right. yeah. experience as opposed to a co-op. 
thing. Like, I might take a look at the World War Z game if, uh, you know, time goes by and the DLC is robust and it gets cheap real quick or something yeah. like that. But, um, yeah, I, I played Left 4 Dead and Left 4 Dead 2 a lot. And I, have, I did too. I have not, we used to play it at G4. Yeah. After work, really we all felt, get together uh, and play. I have not felt the need to do that again. You know what? I, it, it, I think it took 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> I think it I really did. I think I was finally ready to play something like this. But I would say, too, that this design has been cloned a bunch of times. Like, there's yeah. games like Vermintide out there that, that are doing the same thing, but in a different setting. Yeah, a this is of, just the same thing, basically. Yeah. A little bit of Raiders of the Broken Planet had that. Yeah, it. yeah it did. Or whatever they call it now, because I can't remember the new yeah, name. Yeah, they should have left the, the name rebranding, the way it was. <laughs> worst rebranding in the history of rebranding things. Yeah, but I was pleasantly surprised by this game. I had a ton of fun with it. Um, yeah, 40 bucks, pretty cheap. It'll be interesting to see how the zombies work in Days Gone now because they've kind of gotten away from the whole, hey, look at how many zombies we have on screen thing, which is what they debuted the game with, really. Um, but like all the stuff that they put out for the last couple months, they haven't really focused on that at all. So mm-hmm. I don't know if they've dialed it back. I know there was lots of stories about the game not running well when they uh, had all those zombies. There's apparently 40 zombie herds roaming the map. At all times? Yeah. I, I think if you eliminate one, they're gone. For good. For good. But as, as, I, as I, what I read, and I think the Game Informer thing, was there's like 40 of the herds wandering, wandering around, and you kind of got to work around them or deal with them. I think people are going to be shocked by Days Gone. Because... In a bad way? Or? I think in a good way. Hmm. Yeah. I can't say anything. <laughs> but... Yeah. <laughs> I think it's got to sell first. Uh, uh, I've been yeah. seeing a fair amount of ads on, like, sporting event broadcasts and stuff, so they're doing their usual thing. I mean, but I have I don't know anyone who, who uh, you know, my usual suspects of, like, more casual, non, non-game industry following people, not a single one of them has asked me about that game, which is unusual. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying it's going to sell well or whatever. I think people are going to be surprised by... What it is. Yeah. 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 And I think for the good. I think mm. for the good. I'm just going to say this. Clear your calendar. Mm. <laughs> Clear your freaking calendar. You're talking about like Assassin's Creed Odyssey level stuff here? Wow. Yep. Big game. <laughs> yep. I don't think anybody expected this game to be what it is. I'll put Not it to After as long as it's taken. It should be. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> should be but after all the the problems they've had like along the way i think a lot of people just kind of written it off and uh friday i think a lot of people are going to be surprised so so there you go that's world war z i would absolutely recommend it at 40 bucks even though there's only four missions there now i got 40 dollars of fun out of that game already guaranteed (laughs) and i didn't really play anything i played i played the japan level twice and then I went back and would play sections of the other ones, but I only played through everything like one time through. Um, and I felt like I got my money's worth out of that. I had a lot of fun with it. Even playing with randoms, it was fun. People were great to each other and helping each other out and getting each other's backs. And yeah, I've, I've had a really good time with it. So I give thumbs up for World War Z. Never thought I'd ever be saying that. That said, I would wait for next week's show if you're wondering, should I buy World War Z or Days Gone? Hmm. Yeah, so if you're on the fence on those games, maybe wait another seven days. I'll say that. All right, let's move on. We're going to talk next about a game that was leaked this week. We love leaks here on Game Face. A game that was leaked in a game I've been calling for like two years. You have. You absolutely have. 
It was leaked this week that Warner Brothers is working on a Suicide Squad game. Mm -hmm. Not only that, that's not the big surprise to me. The big surprise to me is that it's a game as a service. Not a surprise to me. I mean, I guess everything's going to be that now. I mean, I've been saying that's what they've been working on for like two years now. Yeah. I mean, like, Suicide Squad game as a service, you can sell all kinds of weird gear and and modification things. You can add new characters however you want because basically you can use either an endless supply of B and C list villains that could be part of the Suicide Squad. You could have them, people design their own villain for, you know, like you did in the, the Lego DC villain, Super Villains game. Um, it's, a, it's an obvious, obvious move. And if you remember, Matt has been calling this for literally like two years because every time we've discussed what is Rocksteady Rock doing, doing next, you have brought this up. Yep. Because they Rewind the tape, people. Seriously, Matt has been on this for like two years. They've teased Suicide Squad twice in two different games. And it's it, at the time that they would have started development, even after Montreal canceled their initial foray into that, because they were the ones who were originally supposed to make it, I think they are still working on it. But I think it's multiple... Like, like I think it's a multi-team big thing. Uh, everything is now. Um, I mean, is there any game anymore that's just developed by one studio? Not from the major publishers. Yeah, anything. it just doesn't work that way. I mean, anymore. that's why the the Assassin's Creed stuff leaks all the time because there's a thousand people working, working on, on it. it. Yeah. Um, but they've teased a Suicide Squad game twice, both in uh, at the end of Ar Arkham Origins and at the end of uh, Blackgate. Um, and the, the movie was the only successful DC movie at the time, yeah. uh, even moderately successful at the time. Uh, in terms of penetrating into like pop culture and like mindshare, like you know, like like that, you know, you've seen Harley Quinns at Halloween every year since Suicide Squad came out. Suicide Squad was terrible and it didn't make tons of money, but it had an impact. People like the characters. Yeah, that's I think. that's what yeah. matters. Yeah, and so doing that made a lot of sense, um, especially if they really didn't want to make another Batman game, and we knew they weren't making a Superman game, regardless of what people, you know had their fantasies about it, I guess. But, like, even Rocksteady's own people were like, yeah, we don't want to do a Superman game. Like, yeah. no one wants to do a Superman game. It's too weird. It is weird. Yeah, when you have someone that can't be destroyed, how do you make it compelling? I mean, you can make it compelling. Like, you, you basically make it's it... It's always a cheap fallback it's of a giant, It's a giant escort mission. Yeah. Like, like, basically, like, your your job is to make sure that other things don't get damaged so much. But, yeah. like, no, that's not fun. It's not fun. Um, They've tried, and I haven't. I've never enjoyed a Superman game. I mean, they really set the precedent with Superman '64. <laughs> so, Superman Returns game was okay, but it was that same thing. The life bar was Metropolis. Yeah, like if if too much of Metropolis got damaged, that's how you lost. Right, and it was fine. It was you know, it's it's enjoyable-ish, but like on the level of something like Arkham where like, you know, the Ar like Arkham Asylum or Arkham City where like, you're like, wow, I, you know, this is the, ba this is Batman. Like I'm playing a Batman game. This is great. Like Superman, that'd be a much harder thing. I mean, I think you could probably do it, but yeah. And, and Suicide Squad also made sense because the other rumor that kept flying around that people I think preferred was that it was going to be Justice League as a game of this, as a service sort of thing. Yeah. But that doesn't make any sense because Justice League, the Justice League's power sets are too varied, which means you have to, so you have to figure out, say you're making like a raid, because like one of the things that was leaked in this is there's a Ra's al Ghul raid, which is a ridiculous sentence, but, um, <laughs> but there's like, so let's yeah, say. I mean, they said this is like Destiny. Yeah, exactly. That's the game it, that they compared it exactly to the most. exactly what I thought it would be, really, and, but it's like. How do you so see imagine, this so falling imagine, into Destiny's So blueprint. imagine you're doing like, like a Justice League one. So now you've you've made the Rachel Ghoul raid, but you have to make it completable by someone using Superman's powers or Batman's powers. Right. 
how does that even I mean, the whole thing work? seems so dicey. You're right. So, you almost need these, like, Suicide Squad's kind of perfect for it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, you know, you're using, like, fairly low-level powers or just, like, really good, like, gadget stuff. Yeah. Or just, like, melee. You know, like, Killer Croc is a moderately strong, punchy guy. Uh, Harley Quinn has her her bat and her mallet or whatever. Um Captain Boomerang. God, DC has terrible villains. Captain Boomerang. <laughs> it really does. Has boomerangs. Because <laughs> of course he does. Um, mirror, <laughs> <And> kangaroos. <laughs> mirror Master has mirrors. <laughs> of course he does. They're really creative over there. <laughs> Let me tell you. But so look, watching Destiny footage right now and trying to say, okay, a Suicide Squad with this design. Mm-hmm. I mean, could it be the first game as a service that's like urban? Yeah, well, the first thing they, they that they said, the first thing they're going to announce, I guess, at E3, because it was a June June fourth, I think, was the reveal that was on that document that leaked. Right. Uh, is Gotham, like the the first area they're going to they're going to show is Gotham City, which makes a lot of sense as well. But which is also why Rachel Ghoul is because uh, I think it'll be in the Arkham universe, which the Rachel Ghoul thing makes sense because Rachel has. You know his League of Assassins base underneath the you know the the, the Arkham City area and all that stuff. Um, it makes sense because you want people to think of Batman. Yeah. Yeah. You you don't you want to offset the fact that you're making a Suicide freaking Squad game by the fact that look it's Gotham and it's right. Batman. It looks like Arkham City and it's like look, look, look at the thing you it. it's that thing you like it's the thing you it, like. Is everyone different. gonna have a gun though? Because that's not really their thing. No, I think they'll they'll have an appropriate ability based on whatever they have and like you know you can come up with a projectile uh, attack for just about any of those characters probably except maybe killer croc i mean i guess he could like pick things up and throw them i mean is he gonna just be like a melee character like, yeah in theory i mean it doesn't have to be exactly it'll like be a heavy obviously i but... think they're talking in terms of destiny i think they're just talking about structure oh okay as far as like how not, it's gonna roll out it's, not that it's a first person shooter but that like you know, you're, you're going to have, like, an open world with mingle player stuff. You're going to be able to go into, like, specific sort of, quote-unquote, dungeons where you play with your specific group and or solo, and there'll be a story that you can follow through it, but you kind of kind of weaves you in and out of the mingle player section, and there will be raids. Obviously, there's a Rachel Ghoul raid. You know, it, like, they're just structurally, it'll be like a Destiny game. The weird part about it, though, is that in most games as a service, you create your own character. Well, I'm I'm curious, like, uh, because one of the things I think you've seen Warner Brothers really delve into, uh, both in Injustice and now with Mortal Kombat, is taking these established characters but letting you modify their appearance to a tremendous degree. And even in Injustice 2, you saw that, like, you know, when you're just fighting, because when you're fighting, like, in the in the you know AI stuff or the multiverse section or whatever, it, it, they'd randomize the the outfits and trinkets and stuff on the on the enemies you're fighting, and you know two Harley Quinns or two Batman would look completely different. You know, it, it, they did a pretty good job of that. So I think if they're if they're doing that, if like the kind of the the visual aesthetics are sort of the thing that you know, if you're picking specific established DC characters, but you can modify their appearance like to that degree. That will be kind of enough for that. The other thing they could do, and this is how they did it in DC Universe Online and how they did it in DC Supervillains Lego, the Lego game, is you just make your own character and pick from archetypes. And so if you want to basically design your own sort of permutation of Harley Quinn or whatever, you can. But you can also design something completely different. Um, so they might go that route. I don't know. You see, I wouldn't say it's, a com- it's completely a square peg in a round hole, but... 
It's interesting to think about how they're going to squeeze that IP into something like this and still make well, so, it feel like it is that IP. Well, the thing about Suicide Squad is it can be any anyone. It can be the any Yeah, it's team. not like a hard like line no, Suicide as far Squad as who's... over the over the years has been very it's like Guardians of the Galaxy. It's been yeah, a whole bunch of different rosters. It can be anyone who's a villain basically who, you know, you can just say they got caught or they got their collar stuck on or whatever. You know, you can you can fudge it real easy. How do you feel about playing as a bad guy? I don't care. You don't, don't care? Don't, it doesn't happen very often in games. No. I mean, I don't... Here's the thing. I don't care in the sense that, like, I don't care about DC supervillains. So, like, yeah. I don't... Like, there's, Who like, does? There's, like, five I'm interested in, and they're all Batman. Yeah. And um, it's... Uh, it'd be more interesting to me, like, the DC's... I didn't play Lego DC supervillains, but the idea of, like, the the depth of customization and, like, oh, you unlock this power. What do you want? You want a beam power. Okay, well, you, what color do you want the beam? What kind of effect do you want on the beam? Where should the beam come out of on your character? Come out of your head? Come out of your eyes? Come out of your hands? Come out of your chest? Like, what? You can, like, customize it really to, like, to a great, great degree. Um, and I, I didn't play it, and I don't really care about that game, but I do appreciate that they did that. If they yeah. do something similar on this kind of game, that's an interesting way to go about it. I honestly don't know if they'll let you play as, like, the characters. I think that the characters might just be the NPCs that you have to interact with and get missions from. That's entirely And you're, possible. like, the new young recruit to Suicide Squad. That is, I mean, that is how they've done it yeah. for DC with, uh, you know, the MMO. Mm -hmm. uh, it's exactly how they did it. You picked an archetype of a particular superhero or supervillain, but you were not that villain. You were working under them as like a protege. Yeah. And it's basically how they did it for DC supervillains for the for the Lego game was, you know, you're a new supervillain and kind of working with these characters. Um, that seems, for whatever reason, that seems to be DC's preferred motive. Like, Honestly, especially I when think you get it makes in a, more especially sense. Especially when you get in a multiplayer. Yeah. Um, where like, uh, like even in like that, that, what was that terrible multiplayer Batman Gotham City Gotham City Rejects or Gotham City? Oh, I that? forgot about that game. I completely forgot yeah. about it. Remember Damn. that? Was, that, was that the name of it? Rejects or something? Gotham like that? City. Oh, it's like right on the tip of my tongue. Someone imposters. In chat. Someone in chat. I think Justin Horman says imposters. Gotham City imposters. Yeah, that's it. That's right. Um, so yeah, I think that's. Um, it's certainly possible, uh, or it could be. You know, I think they've they've got DC seems to be now comfortable enough with you know Nether Realm modifying their characters tremendously visually yeah. that they could possibly just let you do that too. So we'll we'll see. Um, do I think it really matters? Not really. Like I mean, I don't I don't know if Suicide Squad has that kind of cachet, um, but we'll see how it goes. Do you think though, because it, it is based on an IP that people recognize, that it may have a chance to become really successful? Because all these games uh, as a service are like these worlds that the developers create. It's like if you can provide a little bit of familiarity, maybe it can snare in some of the more casual folks. Maybe, but I just don't think Suicide Squad has that appeal. Um, Harley Quinn does, um, yeah. but nothing else does in that property, really. Um, they better, I guess they better just hope that James Gunn's you know, semi-reboot slash sequel uh, turns out real well. Um, the Suicide Squad. Yeah. Which is the dumbest title for a sequel I've ever <laughs> At least they came to their senses and he's working on that stuff again. Yeah, well, well, no, that wasn't them. Well, but... I know. Gar obviously, Guardians of the Galaxy. But I'm saying he's yeah. working. Like, he could have been blackballed from the industry. No, he couldn't. Nobody cared. Like right. that. I mean, we didn't care. It seemed like some people did. No, Disney. Disney's executive wing just freaked out and acted too soon and got duped by a bunch of Nazi dumb fucks. And that was the end of it. Yeah. Like, that was it. I mean, that, that was it. They were they were duped. They were duped by like a bunch of right wingers who were upset that 
James Gunn has political opinions on Twitter. Right. And that that's why later and on they're like, oh, those yeah. old tweets but when, that he already apologized for. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. But, uh, but also, like, so the end, and then he went and got this job at, for DC. Yeah. And then they brought him back for Like Guardians. the next so, day, right? Yeah. So, like, <laughs> yeah. the the end result was now he's got two movies. Now he, he, his career just, like, leveled up. Yeah, he's, he's going to be the first director to do uh, both, play right? both sides, basically. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be interesting, and I'm sure he has ideas on what to do with Suicide Squad that are going to be better than David Ayers, because David Ayers is not good at things, especially when you let him rewrite the last draft of the script, which they did for Suicide Squad and Bright, if you remember yeah, Bright. Yeah. Is um, their debut in this at E3, though? I doubt anything that James Gunn is doing on that film is going to make it into the game. Maybe his DLC stuff? Um, well, I mean, James Gunn's, they're going to start shooting it this, this fall. So uh, it's certainly Script's already done. Certainly possible as a uh, as like a deal first DLC round sort of thing. Yeah, um, I would say I would guess the first launch, whatever. Assuming it launches this year, the launch I would guess would be sort of a mix of the movie and sort of classic comic Suicide Squad stuff. Yeah, and then you'd sort of like add in the the James Gunn version as you move forward, which does have some continuity to it. I mean, that's what's kind of I mean, great Harley about Quinn's Games still, of the Service. Honestly. Harley Quinn's still Margot Robbie, and Jai Courtney, I think, is coming back, or however you pronounce his name. Um, although they are recasting Will Smith because Will Smith doesn't want to do it anymore. Boo hoo! Um, yeah, no big, yeah, no great <laughs> loss. big loss there. <laughs> uh, I think they got Idris Elba. Oh really? I think he's taking over his dead shot. If I don't, if I'm not mistaken. That is one cool thing about games as a service, though. And and again, this is a, a specific case because it's based on an existing IP. Is that conceivably it can live on long enough that it can incorporate all the stuff mm-hmm. that DC is doing into the game in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, I'm curious what it'll look like aesthetically, because like if they're going full for that crazy neon sort of like street art. Like style the first movie had, or yeah. if they're gonna kind of make it more Arkham-y, if it's gonna be like an Arkham Universe version of Suicide Squad, because that is about what they they've teased. That makes more sense, I think. Um, so we'll see. I mean, it's, I, I admit I'm not actually that interested in playing it, but I'm interested in seeing what it exactly is, and Me also too. how, are they how do it? people are going to react to it, because I think people are, were, you know, people who've been waiting for Rocksteady or the new Arkham game. Have been waiting for almost anything except this. Yeah. Um, which I, and like every time I bring it up, people have said like, "You're just being pessimistic. You're just trying to be like doom and gloom about." It. I'm like, "No, I'm pretty sure no, this you're is right. exactly <laughs> what they're doing." It so. it could set a precedent too because look, this this may be the first game as a service based on an existing IP. It's definitely not going to be the last. This is going to be the guinea pig that people are going to look at and be like, "Okay, how do you handle something like this when you have this sort of." Bible that exists of canon. Mm. How do you dance around that to make a game that's still compelling that people want to play? Yeah, I, don't know. I mean, it could take place, I guess, in the aftermath of Arkham Knight, where like it seemed that seemed to kind of change up the the status quo yeah. a fair amount. I mean, even though Arkham Knight, Arkham Knight's probably my pick for the most disappointing thing of this entire generation. Really, like, I really <laughs> didn't like that game, and I actually replayed it wow. recently, like last month or so, because there was nothing else to do, and I'm like, ah, I've got this on my Xbox One X. It looks decent now. Yeah. I'll play it. And like, yeah, it's still dumb. It's still terrible. Like, it's 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 just like I can't believe they spent that much time putting me in that stupid tank, and then like the big showdown with uh, with Deathstroke is in another tank. Like, oh yeah. my god, what what are you doing? I, All you I had like to do is make Arkham City, but with a car. And and ugh. 
I agree that the that's the worst part of the game, but I didn't hate it like you did. I thought it was better playing it this time. It was a little better with the the Seasons of Infamy DLC added, where like he had the various other you know because like eighty percent of it was just like stupid malicious stuff. Yeah. In, uh, at launch and, it was, and adding yeah. in like the Mister Freeze and the Rachel Ghoul follow up stuff like that makes it feel a little more Batman ish. Yeah. Um, but like it's still terrible it's still just not at all what i want i just wanted more batman stuff and they gave me this ridiculous like tank sim with like still most of it was that though it wasn't though it was just it was clearing out stupid soldiers and it wasn't like you know and like the 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 you know it was and like they had mark hamill's joker sitting like you know haunting you in your head to like almost to like taunt you for like how interesting it could have been if they just used actual <laughs> batman characters and the whole red hood the jason todd arkham knight thing is one of the dumbest incorporations of anything that isn't a Zack Snyder movie because like look as a, as a comic book fan I knew who that was from frame one right and it was weird because at no point had they set Jason Todd or his other sidekicks up in the Arkham game so they had to do all that footwork right in Arkham Knight which yep. was rushed and strange and then if you don't know the comics you're like who the hell is this guy like it's like it, it does nothing if you're a comics book fan, and it does nothing for you if you're not a comic. Like, like who was that for? Why was that there? Um, it was. It, I I didn't. I did not. Rocksteady dropped the ball so hard that it fell through the floor and into the basement <laughs> on that for me. Um, so yeah, I'm not super excited about whatever they might have up their sleeve next. Wow. Um, to, to me, I definitely to, am. to me that like blew their cred with me wow. for until they prove otherwise. Um, and I feel like a Destiny Suicide Squad Destiny clone is not going to be the thing that restores their reputation in my eyes. Yeah, I mean, this isn't their game, though. I think. I mean, they probably involved. are working on it, but it's not their game, quote unquote. Uh, we'll see. Yeah. Still, you nailed it. And we'll get to see that June fourth, right before E three kicks off. Yeah. So, so not I, long away. I'm either. pretty sure this is one of the. Th this is their main thing. Oh yeah, I absolutely. Rocksteady's. I mean. Oh really? Yeah. I think I think Montreal's involved for sure. Montreal's like splitting their time. I think between this and whatever the next Mordor thing yeah. is going to be. But um, I think that was a big disappointment for a lot of people. They're like, wait a minute, like they're not making another one of their games. They're no. yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it'd be nice to have a surprise Batman game up their sleeve, but I don't think that's what's happening. Well, it looks like the Lord of the Rings IP was bought, purchased by someone else. So, oh, was it? Yeah. Mm. I mean, maybe it's not exclusively, but someone else is making Lord of the Rings games now, and it's like some little like indie developer is making them. Hmm. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. I guess that indicates that Shadow of War sold a lot worse than we expected. Yeah. Expected, but, or the monetization didn't take and they gave up. It's true. So we'll get a first look at that on June 4th. Not much longer to wait. Not much longer to wait for E3, by the way. It's like 50 days away. So it's coming up fast. All right, let's move along. We're going to talk next about GameStop. We talked about it a couple weeks ago. Honestly, I thought that discussion in that episode was one of the best discussions in the episode. Uh, we're not going to rehash a lot of that. That discussion was all about what that GameStop was in financial dire straits and what can they do, what can't they do. Well, well, GameStop has tried to answer that question itself by changing one of its, I would say, most controversial policies other than the fact that they give you 50 cents for a used game. Mm -hmm. And that is its, no, its prior no return policy. It has decided that it is now going, going to allow people to return games within 48 hours and get a full refund. You have to have your receipt. The game still has to be appear new. Can't have any scratches. You have to take good care of the game. But within 48 hours, you can return a game 
and get a full refund. Matt, do you think that this is something that can turn the fortunes for GameStop? No. Yeah. But it's nice. So PlayStation well, just too changed. too little too late. Yeah. But. PlayStation just changed its policy as well on digital. Now you have like two weeks before you can like return something digitally, hmm. which seems crazy generous. Uh, games seems like plenty of time to finish the game, but they must be tracking how long you play. Yeah, they and it's yeah that's all set up based upon how much you play. Mm-hmm. They can see how much you've played the game, and here this is just forty-eight hours. But to your point, it's the same thing. Like we're going to talk about a game here in a minute that is not especially long, and you could have very easily went and bought it at GameStop and played through it like three or four times in forty-eight hours, and brought it back and got all your money back. It, doesn't it just sound like it's just a rental, a free rental policy? <laughs> a little bit. I mean, I don't see what else. I mean, it's, it's interesting in the sense that it's like a massive reversal of their policy standards for... Which was entire, no returns. The entire time. Under any yeah, circumstances. Like, you, you assume, and even if it was like an open game that they got a gutted copy, like they say, and like, oh, I'm like, but like, you're selling that to me for full, full price new, but if I brought that to you, it would be used. Yeah, um, which is I why. mean, they've been caught re-shrink wrapping games oh, and sure. selling them as new, and well, they do that anyway. There's like the last copies like had the disc pulled out of it, and so they just stick it in the thing and they put a sticker over it. And like, there, it's a new copy. No, it isn't. No, it's like, not. I've had that argument with many people. Yeah, um, yeah and I don't even want to have the argument. It's just like they're like, oh, the last one we have is this. I'm like, okay, no, I don't no, want. You're it. wrong. You're I'm wrong. like, I don't want it then. Yeah, and like, and they're like, well, no, it's a new copy. I'm like, no, it's not. You it's opened not, it. I don't, if it's open, it's not new. I'll go get it at Best Buy. And like, yeah. And the you know managers would argue with. I'm like, I don't want to argue with you. I just you said you. I'm just going to go far as I'm somewhere else. As far as I'm concerned, you don't have that game new. Yeah. So I'm going to go somewhere else. I'm not asking you to change your policy. I'm just saying I'm going to buy it somewhere. I'm going to go get I'm it somewhere take else. Take my money somewhere else. Yeah. And I think that's been one of their problems. So. It is interesting that this is the first thing they identified as like something they could change, but it's like, well, bro, no, this is it's second. 2019. The first thing they decided was that they need to set up esports coaching stations in their stores. Well, they haven't done that yet. Uh, they're, I mean, that they've confirmed. Like GameStop hasn't confirmed this yet. This is all from insider information. Mm-hmm. Guarantee- GameStop has confirmed the esports. Right, but I guarantee you, this policy will be enacted faster than they'll start doing esports training. Yeah, yeah, for sure. What do you see happen? I just see it getting worse. Like I don't see how this policy, and I mean, maybe it's maybe it shows why it hasn't allowed returns all along, because I just don't see any good coming out of this. I don't know. It's a desperation move, but it's just like, oh, everybody's offering this now, so I guess we have to offer it, and they're trying to play parity basically, and uh, it's not going to solve anything, but at least it puts them more on an even level with their competition in that sense. Like, what else can you do? It's not going to save the company, but. I mean, I, it's years late. It's it's you know. They, they, I don't think it's, it's even going to help the company. Like I think their their financial reports are going to be worse. I just. I think the idea is like just you know they don't even make all that money much money off the new game. Twelve so, bucks per game. So the idea is mostly to get people in there, like hoping that like you know when you when you bring that game back forty eight hours later, you'll impulse buy some Funko Pops or well, something. Well, the other thing, too, is that they don't give you your cash back. It's all store credit. It's all yeah. store credit. So they're technically never losing that money. Mm-hmm. So maybe they look at it like, we're not really losing anything. Yeah. We're I just, mean, they have to pay... We're just gaining a, a, a used copy very quickly. Right. That we can then sell for 45 or 50 bucks anyway. Yeah. Again. Yeah. For all profit. Right. For pure 100% profit. So it's not going to it's not gonna make a dent. Yeah. But it's... It's at least something. Is there anything that can save GameStop? I don't 
see what. I don't either. Like, it's it's the model is old, and we've known it's coming for like a generation and a half, pretty much. Yeah. Um, you know the the discounts aren't there, the deals aren't there. Um, they have a horrible reputation. Yeah, it's just not much you can do about it. I mean, they still harass you like crazy when you go to buy something there. It's like mm-hmm. I just want to buy this. Please just take my credit card and run it. And give me my freaking game. I don't want to sit here and argue with you about magazine subscriptions or some <laughs> stupid power player plan you have. I don't care. I want to buy the game and I want to get out of here. Like, and they, they can't. They won't. Like, and I feel bad because, because you know the clerks, they're just brainwashed into just, they've got this rigmarole, this spiel that they give every time someone comes to the counter. And I just try to, basically when I get to the counter, I just try to give them the look like, bro, don't do it. Like, well, they have to do it. I know they do. They'll be fired. It's... It, again, it's corporate down, mm. and it's just it's just a bad company. Yeah. I mean, really, isn't that what it I comes mean, I down to? I haven't bought anything there in years. I haven't either. PlayStation uh, VR was the last thing I bought there. I bought um, the GameStop exclusive uh, Starlink ship. Mm. That, was the, that was probably the only thing I bought at a GameStop in like Probably three, because like they were years. the only ones that had it. Yeah. Well, and you, need, you wanted it. Yeah, because yeah. it was exclusive. Yep. So I just walked in and got it, and... He was the guy was like, "Have you? Oh, this game is weird. I, I don't even know what it is." I'm like, "That's not a good thing for a guy selling the games." To say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, this is a desperation move of the highest order, and one that I think will probably just backfire because they try to take yourself back to when we were 13, 12 years old. If I had known I could go to a store. And buy a game, and it, I mean, you could basically just rent for free for the rest of your life for $60. You buy the first game, and you just can keep going and getting them, and then just returning them in two days. It's like, you can just go on forever doing this. Like, And we wouldn't do it because we're always going to move on and play something new or whatever. But kids, it's like, they find a way that they can get free video games for perpetuity. Oh, they're going to work it, man. And those kids have nothing to do. Think about how bad it's going to be in the summertime. When the kids aren't in school and they have all day to play games. I mean, even big games. Like, you could conceivably finish, like, a 30- or 40-hour game in that two days if you don't sleep. And they will not sleep. They will absolutely do that. So, I just don't see any scenario where this works out to the good for GameStop. And I I feel kind of bad doing that, saying that, because it kind of proves GameStop's old policies right in some weird way. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like... It was a it was a money making policy, but it wasn't a consumer friendly policy. Right. And uh, this is, but it's too little, too late. So that's the end of it. Yep. Like, yeah, we're just going to slowly watch GameStop slide down the hill at this point. I mean, I feel like we've already been doing that for yeah, a couple but, of years but now. They're finally getting close to the incinerator. So. Yeah. <laughs> the trash compactor. <laughs> I'm thinking more the end of Toy Story. Oh, okay. Three. I was thinking Star Wars. I just saw Mark Hamill on uh, what show? some talk show, late night talk show. And he was telling some crazy story about the compactor scene. About, it was a, something that um, Harrison Ford said to him. He said they were shooting the scene, and they were in between takes, and he mm-hmm. said to Harrison Ford, he's like, if I'm in a trash compactor, shouldn't my hair be like all wet and matted down? And Harrison Ford said, if, if people watching this movie are worried about your hair being wet, we're all effed. Yeah, he, he's like, he's like, <laughs> Kid, it ain't that kind of movie. Right, that's what he said. <laughs> it ain't that kind of movie. People were watching your hair and we're in trouble. Yeah. And then he, and he said, next time I saw Harrison, Harrison was like, I don't sound like that. 
it's a great story. But anyway, that's what I'm me thinking about. Yeah, he's, he's uh, yeah. But I was, I'm always thinking about GameStop. I feel has been sliding down the the junk pile into the into the burning and, the, and i don't think the 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 claw aliens are going to come save them nope on this one <laughs> definitely not although it is funny that they are they have been have their delaying tactic their most effective delaying tactic has been selling useless like tchotchke, tchotchke things is... like those aliens yeah for, no you're uh, right it's funny <laughs> that is funny all right we're going to talk next about another room actually this is just a straight up rumor that's floating around right now and that, and that is that Disney is in discussions with Nexon to buy mm. Nexon. For something like $13.7 billion. billion. dollars. I'm sure people read that story and were like, how is Nexon worth $13 billion? And, if you, and look, if you live in America, I could completely understand yeah. why you would say that. But if you lived in Korea... You would know exactly why Nexon yeah, is worth that much There's a reason Cliff money. was excited to get Nexon for Lawbreakers. Yeah. So didn't Lawbreak- work out. But. Yeah, it definitely didn't work out. Um, and I would argue that part of the reason it didn't work out was Nexon's fault because yeah. it didn't market the game. Mm-hmm. It, I felt like they gave up on it before it was yeah, even I, released. Yeah, I felt like Nexon didn't understand how to handle a real video game. A real video game. That's a good way to put it. So you'll see in the B-roll that we have for this, Nexon typically does not make big-budget Triple A. He went back yeah. to that, by the way, in his last yeah. episode. <laughs> they don't make triple A games, big budget games. They typically work on mobile. They work, they make MMOs for mobile. Mm-hmm. They, a lot of free to play stuff. A lot of free to play stuff. They also, for whatever reason, they handle a lot of the networking overseas for things like Counter Strike mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So, say you're Epic and you're like, man, we want to get Fortnite set up in Korea. You go to Nexon, and Nexon's like, oh, we got it. Like, yeah, they function almost like an agency. Yeah, it's a little strange how it works. But they've never really made a hit in America. Korea, sure. But they've mm-hmm. never really had, had a hit game in the West. So where do you think Disney... What is Disney thinking? I think Disney wants that mobile, that lucrative mobile pie. But EA's one thing EA is good at, and it has done a pretty good job with Star Wars as well, is mobile stuff. Yeah, but I think we are seeing, uh, you know, first off, they want to do more. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, the fact that they're re-establishing Lucasfilm games says to me that the EA experiment has not been really up to their standards. And they want to... And also, Disney does this periodically. They, they, they delve into gaming, and they do it for, like, four years, and then they're like, oh, we don't want to do this anymore, and then they like back away from it and, and get rid of everything and fire everybody. That's happened, like, three separate times. I know. Um, this, I mean, people have been kind of freaking out about, like, this, and, oh, my God, Disney doesn't know how to make video games. And like, I doubt people like us are ever going to really even notice these games. the outcome of these, <laughs> of whatever they for do For $13 yeah. billion, dollars and we won't um, even notice... Because we're not the ones they're trying to sell it to. Yeah, you know, it's, like it's it's uh, it's a different market. Um, it's it's the super casual free to play like market with like you know like that all like Maple Story and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, that's their biggest you know? game is Maple yeah, Story. Yeah, like Maple's. I mean, when was the last time I played Maple Story? Never, I never, I've um, never played it. <laughs> but I know two people who work on that game, and they're always busy. Like they oh, like yeah. they it's they don't huge. even really have a day off. Like it's it just huge. goes on and on and on and on. Because there's constant stuff happening and people are always on. There's millions and millions of people playing. It's 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 huge. It's but it's like but if you talk to like me or you or people we know or, or play with regularly, we wouldn't necessarily even know what Maple Story is. Yeah, it's a very different world. Now um, look, a lot of a lot of like I don't think buying Nexon replaces their EA deal at all in that regard, or the Square Enix deal for for Avengers or anything like that. It's interesting. A, this is, I think this is a completely separate venture, and they see a lot of money 
in kind of cornering this this aspect of the Asian game market. I mean, that is a market that Disney has is not playing in yeah. as well. I mean, they're going from zero to a hundred real yeah. quick, and they're starting to see like, oh, you know, it's also kind of a thing where it's like we're making tons of money overseas, especially in China with the, with the move with the movies. If we can synergize that with like these free to play games. You know, if we can put out some decent, you know, Avengers game or something, uh, that could be huge in that territory. I mean, so. one thing I will say is a lot of publishers trust Nexon with their biggest IP. Like, Nexon built the Dynasty Warriors game yep. for mobile. That's what we're seeing right now. Like, they were, Koei Tecmo trusted them to take that IP and make a mobile game out of it. And so, obviously, if these publishers are willing to trust Nexon like that, it has some cachet. There's a reason why Disney wants them. The other thing I would say is something that I've noticed more as an adult than I did as a young adult is that a lot of times when you see how much something costs, it seems outrageous at first, and then you realize three or four years later that it was like a steal. Um, so, paying like what Microsoft paid for Minecraft, that mm-hmm. seemed completely outrageous when we found out about it now they've already made that money back mm. now it's just gravy from here on out it's just just a license to print money so and it's a 25 year investment right because you're gonna have waves of that where like people who were 10 when they played minecraft now they're 30 and they're gonna give know, it to their kids they want to give it to their kids they want to play it again they want to they kind of continue that way everybody freaked out about four billion dollars for lucasfilm but that they they made that money back in one movie everybody freaked out uh when um king was purchased by activision Mm -hmm. everyone's like why would you pay that much money for candy crush well they made that money back in a year and a half that they spent on king like a lot of these deals that seem insane the same thing happens in professional sports too people like uh like russell wilson just signed this gigantic contract He's a quarterback for the Seahawks. He's good. He's not like top five quarterback. He's the be- the highest paid quarterback. But in four years, as the salary cap goes up, there's going to be the whole league's going to be getting paid more than him. So it's very easy to look at deals like this and say, oh, and be short sighted about it and say, that's a terrible mm-hmm. deal. That's so stupid. You really have to look on down. And the smart businesses, that's exactly what they're doing. Well, it's also you kind of fall, you see like armchair business analysts sort of fall into that trap of like, like us. I'm not interested. <laughs> I'm not interested in it, so it's a bad purchase. Right, right. Which yeah. is just not. That's the dumbest. Yeah, it's just not how it do. goes. Um, yeah. And Disney, Disney would not be forking over thirteen billion dollars or something if they hadn't done the, the homework. I would argue as well that Disney is not going to fork over thirteen billion if gaming is if they're going to do what you mentioned earlier. Get into it, and then three years later, bail again. You would I, hope. Yeah. I think this shows a commitment to gaming from yeah. Disney. But it's also like not the gaming we would hope for, care about. Right. You know, it's it's not like commitment to making more uh, Jedi Fallen Orders or yeah. uh, you know whatever squares Crystal Dynamics is making for the Marvel license. Yeah, it's a commitment to kind of these disposable treadmill mobile things. It is. Which are big money makers, so it makes sense that you would be interested in, in that as, as Disney. Um, but, like, it doesn't... It's, I don't think it's going to do any good for us in the end. No, no. We won't play any of these games. Probably not. <laughs> like, no, I haven't played any of Nexon's games. Ever. I can't remember anything... Um, I didn't. I thought Nexon didn't they? I mean, have I like played a, Lawbreakers. I yeah, yeah. I didn't play that. Didn't they have like a big MMO lineage? Isn't lineage Nexon? Was that Nexon or was that NCSoft? Uh, you're right. It's NCSoft. I always get those two companies mm. confused because they're the same. 
There are these companies that kind of have tentacles in the West, but for the most part, they make all their money in Korea. Um, but yeah, obviously, no matter what, a $13 billion deal would be a gigantic deal. And, um, and I think with this deal in particular, it probably will take them five to 10 years to recoup all that cash. I don't care how big your mobile game is. Making $13 billion, that takes a long time, even if you're Candy mm -hmm. Crush. So, um, it, again, I think that would indicate that Disney is at least serious at being in a part of gaming long term. Um, hopefully, the experience that it's had with EA doesn't tarnish it to a point where it doesn't want to work in the console space anymore. But I think the sales of Fallen Order will uh, prove to them that there's something there. Yeah. And we'll see how the Square Enix Marvel stuff does. I mean, that, that battle's not lost yet. Um, Especially since they, you know, if Square's stuff does uh, extraordinarily well, um, you've got proof that, like, you don't need EA to have that kind of, like, level of, you know, prominence. Yeah. Which is can only be good for Star Wars, the Star Wars license moving forward. But I think what Lucasfilm Games is going to exist to do is to farm out Star the Star Wars license per developer, per publisher. And be kind of the gatekeeper yeah, and be, be, do, do quality what they, control. Do what they used to do yeah. when we were LucasArts. It's like, you, 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 we want to make a game like this with Star Wars. We're going to go find the proper We're going to work developer. with Factor 5 or yeah. whatever. We're going to go talk to you know, whoever we think will make this game the best. You know, we want to make Dark Forces. We want to redo Dark Forces. We want to make Dark Forces all over again you know, from scratch. So we're going to go talk to Bethesda and see if it wants to do that like they did with Doom. Right. Because it, yep. it was a Doom engine game before. So like, how fucking great would that be? Yeah. Um, so I th I'm hoping that's kind of where they're going to go with that. And uh, that will be kind of a good model for that. Whereas if, they, if you want to kind of do this mass market, you know, in-house, like Asian market, uh, like MMO, free-to-play, like mobile stuff, you could do worse to jumpstart your business than to just pay a ridiculous sum of money for Nexon. Yep. So I think I think that's what their plan is. I don't think it's going to particularly affect us. No, nope. unless we're Disney. So unless you're a Disney shareholder, and you're worried about where that 13 billion is coming from. But I th they got a war chest and a half, so I'm not worried about it. This is a long-term play, so it could affect us. Because my guess is when we're in our like 60s and 70s, we're probably going to be playing mobile games. <laughs> no, I, I don't think I'll ever. <laughs> It'll be out. interesting to see how we evolve over time. I they're know gonna, everyone I know that's old. They all play mobile they're games. They're going to have to be good games first, and yeah. that hasn't happened. Maybe really. by then, they'll, maybe. maybe in 20 years, they'll make a good mobile game. <laughs> it's possible. Maybe. They haven't done it in the first 20. Uh, there's been a couple good ones, but they're, they're rarities. Very rare. Yeah, they'll, you they'll, think about the... The monolith, the monolith Valleys and Infinity Blades are few and far between, especially yeah, these days. Absolutely. All right, let's move along. We're going to talk next about Sony. Um... We've had some people on Sifted over the last year and a half, or maybe half a year, who've talked about this, and I didn't really notice it because I don't really care. Right. But Sony had been dialing back. You don't play a lot of softcore and animated games? I don't. No. I do not. The most popular content on Sifted, by the way, but I do, I do not really care for them. Um, and so... People have been talking about this on Sifted all this time. I wasn't really seeing it. And then over the last couple months, it became kind of obvious that mm -hmm. Sony had begun censoring sexuality in not just its own games, but in third-party games. And in fact, I would argue more so in third-party games than its first-party stuff. Yeah, I, would, I can't think of any real changes they made to first-party stuff. Unless we just didn't know, and stuff was in the game before, and they took it out before it was released. Yeah, but... 
Who knows? Why would you know that? But the third-party so. stuff is the stuff that stands out. And I know we were talking about uh, Devil May Cry 5 when it came out. We were like, wait mm -hmm. a minute. Why are these weird, like, why is there a nude scene, but then there's, like, a bubble over this scene, but then in this other scene it shows stuff it didn't show? It was very weird. Well, it, was, it was that the, the PS4 version had a lens flare over a naked butt and the other versions did not, including the Japanese PS4 version. Which is weird, because usually the U.S. version is goes much farther than Japan, as far as violence and usually sex. I wouldn't say that about the uh. sex. Violence, yes. Sex, no. Or at least not in terms of nudity. Japan doesn't have a lot of taboos about that. Well, Japan... Well, it does, though. I mean, Japan is weird about nudity. There are certain well, things that always have to be blurred well, out. Well, you have to blur pubic hair. Right. But, like, so that, com weird. that comes from a very old, weird law. Yeah, it's very um, weird. But in terms of just sort of, like, showing random nudity, especially in cartoon form... Boobies. Uh, not a big deal. Yeah. Um, a much bigger deal here, in part because games are still perceived as for kids right in america and i think rest. they still are in japan as well maybe more so now eh. i mean also like they just don't care if their kids are seeing boobs yeah and we <laughs> shouldn't either honestly but anyway that's not what we're going to talk we're not talking about the cultural differences well maybe we will actually get to there um but now it's basically been become blatantly obvious so obvious that the guy who is behind the senron kagura franchise quit he quit. He's like, I feel like I cannot make the games that I want to make anymore, and therefore <laughs> I'm leaving. The artistic integrity of my anime boob game has yeah, been compromised. Yeah, it has been compromised, and I, this is where I draw a line in the sand. So that was like the news like two weeks ago. And so everybody was like, what is going on? Why are games on PlayStation getting censored when the same games are releasing on Switch uncensored? I hate using the word censored for that. I know. Because it's not what that is. It isn't, but that's what people associate with that word. What, 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 what word should we use? I would say it's edited. Edited, okay. So games are being released unedited on Switch and edited on PlayStation, which that mm. has never happened it in a, the history of as video As someone games. who lived through the period of time when Nintendo games were not allowed to have religious symbols in right. them, it's a very weird time to be here where like, oh yeah, like Nintendo's the, the one that like lets the nudity happen. Yeah, they've completely swapped roles, the two companies. Even moving, like with like, I think, I can't remember what it was, but there was some game where like the US version of, a, of the Vita, it was like one of those like touch the girls games uh -huh. on the Vita and it was toned down for the US release and then there's a Switch port that wasn't changed. Like it was... It was the, it was not changed at all. It was like the original Japanese, like you know, with all the excess touching or whatever. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I did, Nintendo doesn't care anymore. I'm, I'm, it's very I'm, odd. I'm very surprised. I mean, it's not not that it's necessarily a bad thing that Nintendo's loosening up, but it's just like, wow, what prompted what prompted that? Like, yeah. what prompted? Um, well, it's kind of been a conspiracy for like six months, and I just thought all oh, these people are just being crazy. They're just pissed off that. The game was edited or whatever. Well, I figure there had to be something because, like, otherwise, why are you taking the time to change things or add light lens flare to that one cutscene? Or like, like something's happening. And as it turns out, something was happening. Sony, something vague and weird is happening. Yeah, Sony finally put out a statement about it. Um, I believe it was Friday, last Friday, mm. where it basically said that the Me Too movement is has been a big part of it. And the other reason why they've decided to tone down the sex in their games is because of streaming. 
on YouTube and Twitch. Mm. And where in the past they could release a Japanese version for Japan that most Americans would never see. Now, also if you think about it, streamers are going to go after the uncensored version instead of the censored version. So now that with streaming and things like that, these regional versions of games are basically worldwide now. Mm -hmm. And Sony was afraid that it was going to get caught up in a lawsuit or it was just going to be caught up in some angry social media campaign. Well, then like like the the one I, the thing I saw that was changed uh, the recent one was they were adding steam to like a like a, a like a hot spring scene or something and mostly the steam was covering like this girl who looked like she was like 12. Yeah. Which like I don't have a problem with covering no, that up. Thank not you. Not at all. Like, yeah. And if, and if Sony doesn't want that on their platform, like I have no real questions about that. Like <laughs> <laughs> So is this an example of Games something that's not so on ridiculous. Is that not on Sony now or is this I would I would guess it probably would not be. Is this? Uh, but I mean, it was basically a girl with a dildo between her boobs. So yeah, but what, is, what, like, what is this? Like, what is this from? <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know what game this is from. Uh, I, I think it's from a Senran Kagura game. I'm okay. not 100 percent sure. Are those PS? Are those PlayStation? Oh, this is on? a Mega Labyrinth. I don't even know what that is. Yeah, they're all the same, dude. It doesn't matter. I mean, aren't these all on PC? Most for the most part, is Senran Kagura only only Sony? Well, you kind of need the touch screen for these games, Matt. I guess. <laughs> that's just that's just a mouse. He's a mouse. These games are I mean, that's so a, ridiculous. I mean, that's a big thing on Steam now, too. There's like They've got the full porn games on Steam. Yeah, now. they do. Yeah, they cracked it open. It's funny. Everybody's going the other direction. But Sony. Why do you think Sony is so concerned about this if other publishers aren't? I don't know. Like, I don't really have a theory on that. Like, um, like the, I don't have a theory on that doubly so in the sense that Nintendo doesn't seem to care. Like, if Nintendo was also doing it, I'd be like, oh, it's just a sort of, like, you know, consoles, there's more of a standard, you can buy some of these things in, you know, regular retail stores, like, I can understand why, you, you know, you, you know, there's parental controls, et cetera, et cetera. But the fact that it's only Sony, like, I don't even have an, I don't even have an idea on that. Like, I, I mean, don't know when where... was the last time you can remember Sony taking the moral high ground? Not <laughs> ever. really. I mean, Never. <laughs> ever. I mean, un Never. Un unless you think there's a morality clause to cross-play. Yeah. <laughs> that's the thing. That's a good point. Um, the other, the other part of it, too, is that the developers and publishers are kind of left in a lurch because Sony has, and Sony said this, has not released any documentation whatsoever telling developers and publishers what is permissible and what is not permissible. Mm -hmm. So what the developers are doing is they're building their games they're sending them to Sony, and then Sony's like, oh, wait a minute, you need to take this out. And they're like, oh, wait a minute, the, the game comes out. <laughs> that is ridiculous. It is ridiculous. The game comes out in two weeks. So these developers are put mm -hmm. in this, this position where they're like, okay, well, it's not just, most cases it's not as easy as just putting fog over something, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And so they have to go back. changing models and, right. and things Right, they have like to go that, back yeah. and rework significant ports of their game. Their games end up getting delayed and... And they are the ones who get punished when the game's delayed mm. by the fans. They're like, oh, you can't get your games done in time. It's like, no, we can't tell you this, but Sony screwed us because it wouldn't give us the parameters to work with before, while we were creating the game. We had to do it all post-haste. So the whole situation, I mean, look, I'm behind Sony saying we don't want 8- to 12-year-old looking girls in 
compromising positions in games on our platform. I mm -hmm. totally get that. But Sony needs to find a better way to implement its new policies, yeah, particularly when it's been different for... 20 years. Yeah, I mean if you're going to if you're going to have those policies, I support that. It's your platform. Do it do it however yeah. you want. Um, but yeah, you got to have the actual guidelines in place for the people making games for your platform to see, understand and work towards. Like yeah. the fact like you can't take that sort of like I know it when I see it sort of thing that because everyone that the US Congress took right. frankly yeah. uh, towards porn where it's like it's, it's not like you got to you got to lay down the definition and and because you know delaying games to do that you're costing these companies money um yep you know that because it's not cheap to keep all those developers still on staff and you're not getting the income you were planning on because of your initial release date yeah, it's crazy like, your it's, whole it's, business it's, plan it's uh it's a real problem and i know that sony probably thinks that like they don't need to worry about it because they're you know they don't need to kowtow to anyone who isn't a triple triple a publisher <laughs> um but yeah, it's only it's just good business. Like you gotta you gotta like you know make yourself clear. So yeah, I think I don't know why they're being so vague about it. Um, I don't have a problem with it because I don't care about you know changing weird porn content on game on anime games. But like you gotta be consistent. Yeah, I mean people who work with you in business. And apparently, if you do want the un, the unchanged version, you can just go get the Switch you version. Get the Switch so. version, yeah. And the truth is, most of these games are so technically inept that they look just as good on Switch as Yeah, they do I don't think there's else. a huge performance difference no. between these. You don't have to worry about 60 frames per second on these things. <laughs> That's for sure. But uh, do you think it's the right call? Right call? Like, I don't know. Like, I don't think it's going to matter, really. I you don't mean, think it'll hurt Sony's business at all if people do start going and buying third-party stuff on Switch? Not really. No? I mean, I mean how many copies could these things possibly sell? I mean, they sell like 20,000, something yeah, like that. Yeah, it's not... It's it's that's probably one of the reasons why this is even happening is because what the f <laughs> like people know the internet exists right yeah. you can just you can that's just what Google always, this shit that honestly Matt that's what just really blows my mind the people you don't need to pay forty bucks for a PlayStation game for no that. Like, it's, it's free there's this thing called the internet there's naked people all over the internet I don't understand it Matt I don't understand the appeal of these games at all not one iota. It's like, why would you look at these cartoons when there's the real thing? Well, Every well also, if you want to look at the cartoons, that's free, too. That's free, too. On that. Yeah, you they're on that, that too. Yeah. <laughs> it just it boggles my mind. But, look, I don't want this discussion to turn into, like, us making fun of people who like these games. Yeah, we're not trying to kink shame, but it's just like we are trying to save you some money. Yeah, yeah. Frankly. <laughs> Hell, yeah, seriously. Uh, and people are very loyal. The people that like these games love these games. They've been up in arms over this. Oh, for there's, de there's a definitely long a lot time. of a lot of like co company loyalty in terms of like the people, the different teams that make these games. Yeah, like the um, guy who heads up all the Senran Kagura stuff. He left. <laughs> he was the guy who made all that stuff. So X Seed is now just left in a lurch. Uh, why did he should just start making his games for Switch or Xbox? Like there's solutions yeah. to the problem instead of walking away. But. Um, it's interesting. Oh, that's why it's Omega. Yeah. Because it forms boobs. <laughs> I get it. Of course. <laughs> it's pretty funny. But, uh, so you don't think it'll hurt Sony's bottom line at all? No. I, I, most people are never going to know this happened. I mean, but when you start talking about games like Devil May Cry 5, um, Any, if is anyone... the Xbox One version censored like the PS4 version? No, the, the Xbox One version has the full... Sorry, edited full split second of ass of in butt it. crack yes <laughs> i honestly if you 
did not buy the PlayStation version because of that, wow. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I mean, I bought, I bought the Xbox version because it runs a little right, better. Right, right. Like, but it could get to a point where it does start to become more extreme. There could be games that have, like, what about, like, Grand Theft Auto 6? Grand Theft Auto doesn't have a lot of naked nudity in it or, like, explicit sexuality. Yeah. But what if it does? Just as it just... It won't. Just as an, an example. I could pull another game. Let's just use Grand Theft Auto. What if it does, if it does have nudity in it and the PlayStation version is censored? Or edited, and the Xbox One version isn't. You don't think that could affect Sony's bottom well, I line? I don't think they're going to do that to Grand Theft Auto. Well, game X. How about a game that I made that you've never heard of? What if it was well, great, well, and that... everybody wanted it, and PlayStation decided to edit the game for its platform, and Microsoft didn't? You don't think that that would affect sale, sales? Not, not especially, no. Huh. I mean, I don't think. I mean, because lot... stuff like that will spread like wildfire. Sort of, but also, and they will use the censorship word. They'll be like, "It's yeah. censored on PlayStation." Of course it's they not. will, because they're wrong, but they don't care. Right, like, but it will spread really fast, and like, I think it could make a big difference. I don't think it will at all. Right now, we're dealing with these like, little talking, dinky Japanese, yeah, and, and games. that's all we'll ever be dealing with because they're never going to do that to a major publisher. They're never but going they to. They did. Do... They just did it to Capcom. Look, I don't think I don't know what what that was because it didn't happen in Japan. So why Capcom specifically did that to the U.S. The version of PlayStation, bizarre. the PlayStation version, I don't know what the story is there, but it can't have been Sony's universal guidelines because it didn't happen in Japan. Well, they don't have them. That's the problem. They have no... Even Sony admitted, yeah, we have no documentation telling publishers what we will or won't so allow. I, you know, so well, either that was Capcom kind of being preemptive about it. Possibly. Or Sony America has a different set of guidelines or so. I don't know. Like... I, I, but that is an example of a big publisher, but big game, but it's also like different on each that platform. That no one gave a shit about except like a tiny minority of people who care about a naked CG ass that was on screen for two seconds. Right, like but that's gonna... why I brought up that there are some games where people will care. But I'm saying like that's never going to happen. Like that's, you know, they're doing this for these like explicit games because there's such a niche of a niche. That, they're no, that no one's ever going to care beyond like this niche, niche audience. Well, PlayStation audience. probably doesn't even care that these are on its platform. They Probably make not. so little money off of them. They're just like, it's not worth the headache. Right. And if they wanted to, like, if, if the, you know, the response of the Senran Kagura guys, like, I'm not, I'm just going to walk away and take my ball and go home. Sony's like, oh, no. Like, no, boy. Like, look out. That's $10,000 less we'll make every year. Like, we're, <laughs> we'll, we'll try to care buried under 10 million sold copies of Last of Us 2. Right. You know, like, yeah. it's, it's, uh, it's just not an, it's not going to be an issue. It's, it, they don't want, like, this weird anime porn stuff and this is how they're going about it and it's kind of kind of shitty in the sense that like you know i would certainly prefer if they just like wrote up some guidelines and said these are the guidelines stick to these like as long as you're within these you won't have a problem and we're done yeah but they're not because they're sony um and they got to be weird about stuff every time whether it's cross play or this kind of play and uh (laughs) Uh, so I mean I think it'll it'll damage their reputation with some of these smaller developers, but like what are they gonna do? You know, it's like you're even if you have to deal with bullshit from Sony as like as these developers do, you don't you, have you can't you can't take your game off their platform because no. that's where all these that's sales where happen. Make all the money and yeah. like yeah, I mean PC is still there for you, but there's very little piracy on the PlayStation Four comparative comparatively. Yeah. So like you have to you have to get that money from this platform. So I don't think it'll matter really in the end. Um, they're not going to do that to Grand Theft Auto because Rockstar would just be like, excuse me? <laughs> like, like, but that's my point, though. It's like they'll do that to these small guys and, right. and try to say that they're 
standing on a moral high ground, and it, that's why they're doing it. But that's really not it. It's they're just trying to avoid controversy while still making as much money yeah. as possible. Or maybe they just don't want naked children on their game. Well, console, I can understand which is that like as well. Fine yeah. by me. Sure. Like, yeah, 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 don't I, do that. I can understand that too. Um, I mean, yeah, it's kind of arbitrary, uh, and you know, sometimes it goes one way or the other. I I imported uh, Dead or Alive Extreme Three because it didn't come here. That yeah. was, I mean, that was Tecmo's decision, mm-hmm. just because they didn't want to deal with the headache. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, I mean, it's just it, you're never going to have a critical mass of people upset about it enough to change anything, really. Um, it's never going to, you know, I, I, if there's like a, a a sex scene or something in The Last of Us Two, they're never going to come after Naughty Dog for that. You know that. Yeah. So like, it's just never going to affect anything that happens on a level that would require any kind of change. Yeah. Oh. Uh, so yeah, like I get why people are frustrated, especially the companies that are like, we don't know what the rules are. Yeah. <laughs> like we're just sort of guessing at this, you know, multi. I'm probably you're basically not, just crossing your multi, fingers when you send yeah, it. Probably in. not multi-million dollar production, but you, a lot of money is being spent. It doesn't. It's not free to keep your development team on for another co- extra couple weeks to fix things that Sony decided had to be changed. Sam is having fun with the B-roll today. <laughs> <laughs> he is enjoying his job today. Sam, Sam's going to want some <laughs> copies of this to take home. Uh, okay, let's move on. I think we've had enough boobs on the screen for Game <laughs> Let me just set a new record on Game Face for most cleavage in an episode. Yeah, we don't really bring that to the table usually. No, <laughs> we definitely don't. I'm sure some people are disappointed by that. But All right, let's move on. We're going to talk next about the Xbox One S all-digital version. Longest title for a console ever, guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Without a doubt. Uh, rumors have been flying about this thing for literally months. Like, the worst kept secret in gaming. It's the X-Bone Sad V. <laughs> it is. <clears throat> and it's, again, the worst kept secret in gaming for like the last several months. Uh, Microsoft finally confirmed all the, the speculation uh, by announcing it officially this past week and giving us all the official details on it. Um, and most of the rumors were absolutely correct. So it is, in fact, a disc-free Xbox One S. Uh, it still comes with all the accoutrements of the S, meaning you still get 4K HDR playback. Still can't play games in it 4K. Yeah. That's only for the X. Um, it is, and here's my big problem. It is $250. It's a lot. That is a lot. But you want to know what surprised me even more is the fact that the Xbox One S is still $300. That is insane, Matt. The regular one is? Yes. Mm. The S is still... So <laughs> their big thing is... It's fifty dollars left less than the S, and all you're losing is a disc drive. It's like, dude, that should be two hundred dollars. Xbox One S should be two fifty max at this point. Yeah, they should have done a pretty major price shift. Oh, by like, now across, across the line. Uh, to me, really. it's a huge mistake. Microsoft could have done what Sony hasn't been doing, and that's cutting the price on its hardware, and it could have had a competitive advantage. Instead, it doubles down on this, and then it had the the balls to say. Well, one thing we will tell you is if we ever drop the price of the S, we will drop the price of the all-digital version the same exact amount. So don't be afraid buying this, that we're going to drop the price of the S next week by $50, and they're both going to cost the same. We'll drop the price of this as well if we drop the price of the regular S. It's like, gee, thanks, Major Nelson. You're awesome. Hmm. Um, One terabyte of drive space, you think that's enough for an all-digital console? I mean, I'm three quarters full on my five terabyte hard drive my pro is already full but i've had i've only had it for 
three months. But I've had that for uh, a little over a year, and like bought a lot of cheap, you know, sale yeah. stuff and everything. Most people probably do not fill up. You know, I got 130 games installed right now on that thing, so yeah. it's, you know, most people probably do not. Have yeah, oh yeah, definitely it. not. And most people don't even have 130 games. Yeah, but th- but a lot of those games are like in the you know 60 gig range. So mm-hmm. yeah, it adds up fast. Uh, my pro's already full. If I you're better about games. finishing games and putting them to rest and then uninstalling them than I am, it's probably plenty. Around. That's my problem, too. It's like I've literally just had like six or seven games I've been like on a rotation trying to finish over the last mm-hmm. like month or two, and my hard drive's all packed up. And I also like to, you know, it also doesn't really matter because like, you know, even even if you're buying disc games, they still take up the same space. Yeah, because you have to install like them the whole, Yeah, they install the whole thing. They just do a disc check. That's yeah, the only it's, difference. It's so insane. It's, it's no different. It's really, it really isn't any different. Um... So, as the rumor suggested, and it was true, you get Minecraft, Sea of Thieves, and Forza Horizon 3 for free. Or for that extra 50 bucks, then you shouldn't be paying. Right. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then here's something that wasn't leaked ahead of time. It's actually pretty awesome. You also get three months of Game Pass for $1. That's pretty good. That's really good. I mean, that's a $30 savings right there. It's a good way to get... Uh, why is he wearing gloves? Because they always do that for unboxings, Matt. Why? The better question is, why do people feel like they have to wear white gloves to open something? So they don't get fingerprints on it, I that, guess? That, what? Okay. <laughs> it makes no sense. It's the white glove treatment. Every unboxing, they always wear white gloves. It's so stupid and weird. I, I don't really get I it. I mean, I get it if you're going like, to allow like the press to take shots of the... And you don't the want thing, the prints. And you don't on. want prints all right. over it and stuff. If it's you sitting at your kitchen table unboxing something, yeah, you don't need to different. wear white gloves. It just—I I think it's just become this thing where they're like, "Well, if you do an unboxing, you have to wear the white gloves." It, I, I don't get it. Um, but that three months of Game Pass—that's a pretty good deal. Yeah. There's a hundred games on there. It's also launching just in time for Monster Hunter World. Mm. I mean, that could be a big driver of sales for this. If you're like, oh, I can get this, I can get these three games, I can get and Monster Hunter World, that I can play for free for three months, that's not bad. I guess if you... If, if you want an Xbox. If you want an Xbox and you're interested in Monster Hunter World and you haven't already played Monster Hunter World to death and back. Well, I mean, if you're buying it, you probably haven't even had a console up to this point. I don't know. I think this would be a lot of second console sales. You here. think? Because PlayStation I, 4 is ubiquitous. Uh, if you can't tell by the lower third at this point... I honestly have no idea who this console is for. I cannot mm. figure out who would buy this. I don't know. I can't. It's like, if it were 200 bucks, I think it then it does really heat, hit that I'm way too cheap to buy a console at full price crowd. Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think it's, I guess, for late adopters, but also I think they're just testing the water on, an alt- on how something without a disk drive will sell. That's an expensive experiment. They're Microsoft. They can take. Yeah, I guess they can afford to, to do stuff like this. It's it's better to better to take the the hit on this if that's what how this works out. It's better to take that hit on this than it is to take it on the next system. Who like, who do you think this is for? I don't know. I don't either. I cannot figure it out. I mean, I don't. I I don't know. I wouldn't buy it. Who would not just spend an extra one fifty and get the X? People that don't have an extra one fifty. I don't. I guess. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't. I, it's, it's a mindset that's outside of my range. Yeah, like it's, not, it's not in my purview. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> yeah, I think at two hundred, it's more of an impulse purchase. Yeah, I, th- I think it, I think it's literally a thing where they're just seeing like, will the market reject this because it's 
it has no disk drive. Yeah. Like, I think it's, they're just testing the water with it. And I'm sure it'll sell some. Like, there's, you know, some people are interested, you know, extra, uh, you know, 50 bucks cheaper, right, than, yep. a, than an S. Yeah. Comes with three games and all that stuff. That's a pr- If you're in the market for an Xbox One S, and you have no good, interest in a good deal. discs and mm-hmm. physical media. Which oh. I'd say the, the Game Pass subscription goes some way to alleviating. Uh-huh. Definitely. I mean, it always has at least 100 games on Game Pass at any given time. Mm-hmm. And it's getting big ones now, too. And that makes it, and obviously you get all the first-party stuff day and date yeah. on Game Pass. I mean, Pass. I, I wouldn't, at this, yeah, at this point, I would not probably spend money on Xbox One vanilla hardware. I honestly would not spend money on any hardware right now. Well, no, but there's a whole, there's a whole secondary market that doesn't jump in on this stuff until the price drops at the least end. to that. Yeah. So, I mean, I know people that bought, like, the PlayStation 2 after the PlayStation 3 launched. Mm-hmm. They're like, this is when I buy consoles because they're like a hundred bucks oh, yeah. or whatever. And then they have this gigantic library of games yeah, that they've been that salivating was, That was over. our bread and butter at the old the game store I ran in like 98, 99. Like it was right as the Dreamcast was coming out and like you know, the, the PlayStation 2 hype was starting. But like all our customers were pure N64 PlayStation PS, 1. PlayStation, yeah. But I, I just, I, I think you may be right. I think maybe this is them dipping their toe in the water, uh, particularly before E3 is coming up, where presumably mm-hmm. it's going to announce the next Xbox instead of learning the hard way like they did the last time around. I mean, this is still the hard way to learn. Don't get me wrong. This is an expensive little experiment that's going on I mean, this will probably here. also be the Xbox One Forever. model that exists through the next generation, you know, probably. Whatever, whatever remainder of the next generation, this is what it's going to be. I mean, they're probably not even paying for new parts on this thing. You think that it would be this instead of the X? Well, there'll also be the X, I think. But I think the S, if you want an Xbox One S, this will be your, your S. This, the sad will be your S <laughs> for the remain. Probably, how many years do you think they'll sell it beyond the new systems launch? Like two, three Maybe, yeah. Like, that'll be what that is. I mean, Xbox, unlike PlayStation, Xbox has not kind of been like that, where people buy them late and mm-hmm. then hold on to them. That For whatever reason, that seems to be more of a PlayStation thing. Yeah, I don't well, know the, why that well, is. Well, in part, it's because of the lack of backwards compatibility on the, on the PlayStation. That, yeah, um, that's a good point. Also, I've seen a lot of people, like, theorizing about backwards compatibility for PlayStation 3 games on the PS5. No. Never happening. You are not going to come happening. up with a decent emulator for that cell you processor can't. on the new hardware. No, you can't. That's what PlayStation Now is for. Yeah, that's exactly what it's for. Uh, yeah, anybody... I'm pretty sure that's one of the main reasons they bought Gaikai. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because they knew that's the only that way to the be end able of the to bring... line. Yeah, they That only... was the end of the line. And it's funny that the PlayStation 3 is backwards compatible with everything before it. Yeah, and then the cell, and then pro- that's the cell where processor it just gets chopped. Yeah, yeah the cell <laughs> processor meant that was the end of that. Kudaragi screwed them big time with that whole yep. thing on so many levels. Like, short term, actually mid to longer-ish term, it was good because as developers got better with that hardware, the game started to look better. And like, mm-hmm. I would argue at the end of the life cycle... Third-party games looked, at least on par, in a lot of cases, better on PlayStation 3. But it I took agree with that at four all. years for them to get there. It ne- like they they never to, ran as well. They were able to milk everything out of the Xbox 360 almost immediately. Yeah, well, the exclusive stuff definitely looked really good. But multi-platform stuff never looked never looked or ran as good as the 360 version. Yeah, it ever. got a lot better towards the end. It got a lot better, but it still wasn't as good. Like it never, They never hit parity. The, only... the bottom line is it just screwed Sony. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like... You can't, you'll never be able to make a PS3 again where you, it's, everything's backwards compatible mm-hmm. because of the PS3. 
I mean, one day there'll probably be, you know, PlayStation Seven will probably be powerful enough to run that emulator. Yeah, well, because but, at that point, the cell processor you can be able to put it on the like on your fingernail. Yeah, but somebody's gonna have to write that still. Yeah. And yeah. with all the weird, kludgy, I mean, I I can't count how many stories I've heard from developers like about how they had to kludge some weird thing together to make the PlayStation 3 version of something work because the cell processor, how it didn't talk to the graphics processor and didn't talk to the cell, everything was weird. So they figured that, and then like, then you take that and you just stick that disc in for another system that's trying to run a software emulator on that, like, and it's never going to work, yeah. right? It's, it's, and I know people want it, in large part people want it because they want a way to play Demon's Souls on a modern console. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And I get that, yeah. But the the remaster is the hope on that, not PS3 backwards compatibility. Yeah, absolutely. Um, or I guess PlayStation Now, but I wouldn't want to play Demon Souls with that much lag. Yep. Anyway, so this is coming um, out May seventh. Yeah. I'm guessing that by May thirtieth, we'll never talk about this again. Probably. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know. It just. You start thinking about all the R and D and the manufacturing costs to manufacture. I just I tell don't. You this, I, get I mean, it. I would. I would just th- put a one terabyte hard drive in the S. I mean, I would think about and keep it keep the again. price the same. I would think about it again because if I run into Major Nelson at E three, I'm this is what I'm going to ask him. Well, who is this for? What? what why? Yeah. What is, what is the plan here with this thing? And maybe they'll tell us at E three. Maybe they'll be like, oh, you wondered why we put out that goofy disc free yeah. console. Well, now you know why because this mm-hmm. is the direction we're going. I mean, probably something like that. Yeah. But like, but then why isn't there an X yeah. version? Or will there be an X version coming? Maybe they show yeah. that at E three. Maybe so. That's actually a good point. That might happen. Yeah. Huh. Weird times. <laughs> it is weird times. I like it though. Everything's unpredictable. Like, you just don't know what's going to happen anymore. It used to be, like, everything just worked like clockwork. Every five years, you get a new console. Like, it just, it was a pattern that we followed for so long, and all those patterns just seem to be getting blown to smithereens right now, and I love it. Yeah. Well, you've got, you're going to have both of them, both the big console manufacturers trying to reinvent how generation transitions happen. Yeah, so. well, they're trying to figure it out. Well, and, now, and more and more rumors saying that the new Xbox is even more powerful than that PlayStation 5. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Multiple places saying like <laughs> that, that their whole thing is to blow the doors off that thing. So God knows what we're going to be walking into spec wise. God knows what we're going to pay as well. I saw Sony came out. I promise Sony and clarified. Will... They're like it will be reasonable. Yeah, I, meaning I, it's going to cost five hundred bucks. Yeah. If, well, there's no way in hell Sony prices it at five hundred ninety nine U.S. dollars. No, ever. If they'll anything, never sell they'll, anything. They'd rather for... sell it at six hundred and ninety nine yeah. U.S. dollars than five ninety nine. Um, and that's too high. And Microsoft doesn't want to be isn't going to want to be higher because they were high hundred bucks more last generation and it didn't help them. It yeah. hurt them a lot. In addition, to all the other things that hurt them. Yeah. Um, so I think you're going to see both systems at five hundred hell or high water. We're gonna we're gonna be the benefactors of that. Yeah, it's, Let it's them gonna be good out. for us. Yep. It could be good for consumers in the end, even though that's a big. It is a lot of money. <clears throat> but Absolutely. For what you're getting, if the if the rumors on on the Xbox are true, and certainly if the stats, you know, we know the stats on the PlayStation Five are true because Cerny's the one who said. So yeah, that's some serious hardware for that price. I know other consumers don't want to hear this, but to be honest with you, like there's some things that are worth spending money on, and when you have to spend more money on them you realize that you were getting away with like a steal for a really long time it's like uh, when apple was like oh our new cell phones are going to cost a thousand dollars and people like lost their shit and i'm like what do i use more than my cell phone in my entire life nothing Mm -hmm. nothing and so to say that something that i'm going to use 
more than I use anything else, and I keep my phones for a long time, so I'm like, I'm gonna have it for the next like four or five years, like $1,000 of me, I'm like, whatever. I'm like, look at all the other stuff I spend money on that's like more expensive, or if you extrapolate out the use that you get would cost like five times that. And consoles are the same thing. It's like, I, th I think about how many hours I've spent playing PlayStation 4 between my base unit and now my Pro. I mean, it's just been thousands of hours. And I got that for 400 bucks. Like, mm -hmm. it's, it, it's, we've been very lucky. And in fact, this week on Pactor Factor, one of the questions was, why haven't game prices gone up? It's like, I pay more for food now. I pay more for gasoline now. I pay more for everything now. I paid more for Genesis games. Yeah. And it's not even inflation and game adjusted. And, and honestly, that I think that was one answer that Pat gave where I just sat there and was like, that's bullshit. Like, yeah. I, I just, I don't know if you watched it or not. No. But, but, like, he compared it to, like, buying cars. And he's like, well, cars haven't really gone up. And, and then he explained how they had. Like, I don't know. I, I was not satisfied with his answer on it. I but, will always go back to, I mean, part of it is just because that's how much you think people will pay for it. Um, you know, raising them from $50, which they'd been for a long time, to 60 was enough, you know, for people to adjust to, I guess. But the, the cost versus, like, how much it costs to make them versus how much it costs us to buy them has never been better. I will always go back to the day, uh, I, the day Fantasy Star 4 came out and I went to Toys R Us, stood in line, paid $99.99 for it, release day. For that damn coming great game. And never looked back. But like you, you, you inflation adjust that thing. That was one hundred and eighty dollars in 20, yeah. 2019 money. But that's like, the thing is that like this entire industry has RPG. never adjusted for inflation. Right. Like we've been robbing these people. Nobody wants to admit it because everybody wants to get everything as cheaply as possible. But the truth is, we've been robbing Nintendo and Sony and these game publishers for years. Like, I. That's you know, why all the microtransaction stuff has been happening. I know. Because they're, make up that difference. you're absolutely right. And I don't think people get that. They're like, I want my console cheaper. Well, if you want your console to be cheaper, then I don't want to hear you bitching about DLC and microtransactions for cosmetics. Like, if you're willing to pay more for a game, they wouldn't be there. So, and I don't know who's at fault. I don't know if it's the players at fault because they'll push back if people, if they try to charge more. If you remember when they bumped it up to 60, there really wasn't much of a pushback. I mean, mm -hmm. there's people at first when they heard about it, if you go to those articles, mm. people are like, oh, this is bull crap. They're trying to gouge us. But after, like two days later, it was yeah. over. Well, Nobody the, cared anymore. The, the weirdest thing about the worst thing about that thing was like, we was also coming off the tail end of the PlayStation 2 generation and like moving into the Xbox 360, I suddenly realized like, God, I don't remember the last time I paid more than like $20 for a video game. Because like, you know, that was a like, year-long period in like 2004, 2005, where... Just the prices just were down on all Dream Dreamcast and PlayStation Two and original. Yeah. Like, everything They're just all like twenty to thirty bucks. And I remember uh, Jason Chung and I would would troll all would just troll all across LA's. Um, Our friend from Tech TV. Yeah, right? all over the place. We'd go all over the place from um, Angie Vork. Uh, various DVD shops or like games store or whatever, and like we just pick up like super bushels, cheap, you know, <laughs> brand new, like in the shrink wrap, like, you know, yeah. brand new Dreamcast PS2 games for nothing. Yeah. I went to a Circuit City sale, like at the end of that era and literally every game was like fourteen ninety nine, yeah. and it was all of them. And they yeah. had like 30 copies of like each one. Rest in peace, Circuit City. Yeah. And, uh, and then like we jumped into the new, you know, Xbox 360 generation. I'm like, oh wow, 60 bucks. I paid 60 bucks for condemned criminal origins. That's a, yeah. that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how it changes, but um, I, so I guess what I'm saying is, to me, paying $500 for a console like that, no problem. No, it's pretty And I know people watching us right now don't want to hear that. They're like, don't give them any ideas. They're not getting ideas from us, trust me. But 
if they if these consoles have the specs that they're saying and they're 500 bucks i will gladly pay it yeah. i paid although, 5.99 for the ps3 so although the flip side is uh you know you always have to be aware when you're buying in that early you are the beta tester yeah there's gonna be problems and issues and you're gonna get a smaller hard drive than god, everybody yeah, else god knows and... what the red ring of death equivalent for this coming generation oh. will be and that is the thing too is that as the price goes up so do the expectations. Yeah. Like, tolerance for stuff like that goes way down real quick. So you better mm -hmm. have your ducks in a row. Can't wait for the, all, the, all the tests of the, of the, uh, the auto, audio monitors. All like right. How loud are the fans and all this. <laughs> yeah. And is it really, like, Dolby Atmos and, like, mm -hmm. all that crap? It, it'll be crazy, but it'll be exciting. And I'm already getting excited for these consoles, and it looks like they're still, like, a year and a half, half away. So oh, yeah. At least. The good news is we got plenty of good games to play yeah. until then. Well, maybe and The Last of Us 2 isn't. Yeah, I mean, it's like coming this year. Did you see the that leak thing? Which one? There was like two in the last yeah. like week. Maybe like September 27th. Yeah. Like. I mean, it looks like it's coming this year. Yeah. Yeah. So there's no shortage of great so games to play so while we wait. So why are they so quiet? Do they, they, don't have, they don't have to be loud. I guess not, but like it's weird that like... Oh, they still got... Six months, something like that. Yeah, but like, I, mean, I don't mean that. I mean, like, oh, you mean Sony? Sony. Why Sony? Yeah. I don't know. I'll never understand why they decided. If that's true, if that's coming in September, to be the year of silence. If Ghost of Tsushima is really August, like that other leak said, like, yeah. you know, like, that feels like a thing you could promote at E3. Yeah, and we, sure would be, does. we would be okay with it. Or your console is coming out the following year, but instead you're going to talk to Wired. Yeah, I don't get it. Mm. The good news is while we wait, there are plenty of great games to play including the one we're going to talk about right now. And it is a great game, and it is Mortal Kombat 11. Um, Matt, you've been playing it since last night? Yeah. Um, and I've, I've, I've had it for a while. I've long since finished the campaign, and I've just since been kind of diving into all the other stuff that's in the game, and there is a lot of other stuff. Let's start first, though. I played the beta. I've talked pretty extensively about the gameplay and how the combat mm -hmm. works already. You can certainly chime in on anything that you feel like. Maybe I was off base on a little bit when I talked about it. But I think we want to talk about like the campaign and the modes a little bit more. The stuff that we were getting to experience anew uh, with the final version. Um, the, first of all, I would say that I would not buy this game just to play the campaign. No. Because it's, I finished it in about five and a half hours. It's not... And I look, I am not Daigo. <laughs> I am not the world's greatest fighting game player. And I finished this game in about five and a half hours. Well, the camp—I mean, the campaigns in these games, another own. Or go buy it. Have never been stop. particularly difficult. <laughs> um, this is about the same difficulty as any other. Netherrealm it is campaign. easy. Um, it's too easy. They've all been easy. There's, you can put it up to very hard. Like there's most. Can you from the beginning? Yeah, there's difficulty. Oh, yeah, I didn't even notice right that there I could set a beginning. difficulty. You, oh, you, I didn't you, notice you, that. It's, it says start new game, set difficulty. Um, goes from very easy all the way up to very hard. So yeah, I guess I would um, suggest that you crank it up. Because I played it on the default setting, and it was a cakewalk. Yeah, they, I mean, I found I always find them like that until you get to like the, the some of the later bosses. Yeah. Um, I'm about halfway through some it. Some of the bosses at the end you have to beat multiple times yeah. as well. I'm about halfway through it. Um, it's good. You know, it's, it's a good story. I know, think it's great. It's a good story on, on par with, like, uh, you know, what we got from Injustice 2 or something like that. Um, and you're the guy who's got, oh, what, what is left to do for, for, for story for this game? It's like, it's plenty, there's always more story for Mortal Kombat. You can go crazy with this stuff. Well, I don't and know that do. I would necessarily say the story itself is great. The way it's told is great. Yeah, well, it's, it's similar to, like, you know, Injustice. Like, NetherRealm has a formula now. 
for these these campaigns, and it's you know it's, it's divided up into twelve chapters. Yeah. And each chapter focuses on a different character. You play for four matches. Yep. Uh, that arise organically out of the scenes that are happening in the camp in the story. And each um, chapter lasts about twenty to thirty minutes. Yeah. Sometimes you have two characters, and you pick which one you want to play as. Yeah. Uh, you know, Injustice Two introduced that. Um, and then you have to go back and play the other character to unlock all the stuff that you unlock through that. Um, you know, high quality CG, uh, you know, really good uh, voice acting. Oh, except Ronda Rousey's terrible as Sonya. Uh, she's noticeably worse than all the other actors in the game. Um, to the point that I... Oh I, yeah, I, she's I'd, terrible. I'd forgotten that she was voicing Sonya. And, and was, why did they give her, like, literally, like, one of the leading characters yeah, in the well, game? Well, because she's popular. But, like, um, like early on, like, when there's there's stuff happening, like, when scenes were happening, when, like, they're planning with her, talking to her, there'd be moments where, like, she'd start talking, like, why is that so different from... And I, I realized, like, oh, it's Ronda Rousey. She's not a professional voice actor. And it really, really, really shows. Yeah. Hey, Sam, um, put on the, the new B-roll. Because we're talking about the campaign, and that's what that all that B-roll is for. And, uh... Yeah. But in general, this story's pretty good. Um, it's great. I think it's great for well, the first... Right, You're right at the point where it starts to go off the rails a little bit. I mean, I don't know about great. I mean, I guess great in terms of, like, fighting game story campaign. If you're, you know... I'm talking about the cinematography, the fight choreography. Yeah, it's good. I mean, and the it's, story's passable it's what, for the it's most what, part. It's what you've, you've come to expect from NetherRealm. I mean, it's just, you know, they've, they've got their formula down for this stuff, and that's what it's going to be, and that's great. Um, but it does feel like it's going faster than previously because Injustice 2 seemed like it went on and on and on. Um, that was like a really long, like kind of epic tale. And when I quit for the night last night, I was a little surprised to see that I was like over halfway. Oh yeah. It's the, not long. Like again, it, I beat it in like five and a half hours. And let, actually let's share what the plot is. Um, first of all, the B-roll that you're seeing is just from the first, like... the very beginning. It's like the first 30 minutes of the game. So don't worry about any spoilers or anything like that. There is way more that comes after this. And also, Even stuff you, that you're seeing that you maybe think seen the trailers, spoiler. you already know. You know more than that. what you're going to see from this B-roll. Absolutely. Um, how do we sum up the plot? So well, the, they do a good job of, like, bringing you up to speed with what happened in the last game. A little bit. I mean, and I don't remember too much about the last game. But like... <clears throat> it picks up kind of right where the last one left off. Jax has been harmed. He's He had to step down from... He was a corporal, I believe, um, in the... What are they called? The Outworlds? The... It was the Special Forces. The yeah, Sons. the Special Forces that's run by Sonya Blade, basically. Yeah. Um, he, because of what happened in the last game, he's not a long, no longer a part of the Force. And so Cassie... Is promoted into his position after she whoops Sonya's butt. That's mm-hmm. how you basically get the position is you get appointed and you have to beat Sonya or the leader of the group to join to become the corporal. And so that's what she does. She becomes a new corporal. Um, and then it it's kind of picks up at the end because Raiden, you're seeing this is the very beginning right here. Raiden and uh, Shinnok. This scene right here, basically Raiden thinks he's killing Shinnok. No, he doesn't. He knows he's not killing him, but he says his fate's worse than death. Right. So he cuts his head off because the head can't die. And so Shinnok spends the rest of the scene sort of like unable to talk because like he, he has no throat. Yeah. Right. And later on, you see that he's basically given, he gives Shinnok's head to zombie Liu Kang and zombie Katana. 
as a warning of like I'll screw you, I'll fuck you up basically if you if you don't like respect my authority. Yeah. Because um, Raiden in the events of the last game went uh, when he got Shinnok's amulet kind of went crazy. crazy crazy tyrant yeah um that's why his lightning's red now is he's sort of like an authoritarian monster um who like will step on everyone to kind of do what he thinks is the right thing to do um and that's why he uh he does this stuff with shinnok and then through that he learns that like you know kung uh, uh Liu kang and katana are massing a an army in outworld at the at shinnok's cathedral in the underworld of outworld it's a lot of world, world, there's world. Another, there's another. Um, <laughs> it's like it's hard and, to keep um, track of the dimensions in this game, and so, it gets even yeah. more so as the game goes on. So he goes to Earth and tells uh, Sonya that um, you know that's happening, and we got to go stop him. We got to get your team to basically go. We got to go in and blow up the cathedral, and I'll go distract the billions of monsters that they have as their army, and you guys go in and blow the thing up. Yep, and they do. Um, uh, losing Sonya in the process, and well, after, either that's a spoiler. Yeah, but it doesn't matter because it's all time travel shit. Yeah. So after. <laughs> well, we were gonna get to that, but. But after that, um, you're leaving out Chronica. After yeah, Chronica. Who's the bad, the real bad guy of the game. In a, from a certain point of view, I you'll mean, see. And, she's uh, the, she is the bad guy of the game. And she and comes she's... in and she makes a deal with all the Outland people and stops time and time merges in on itself and so she all can the control time. so all the so all the the old versions you know the, the younger versions of all the characters from the first mortal Kombat's show up in addition to the current ones and like so you've got like raiden before he went corrupt and it's sort of like yeah. oh wow i'm gonna be a bad guy i don't want to be that maybe we shouldn't fix it. so there's a lot of like interaction with the younger and older versions of the characters which is actually a lot of fun but what happens though is that chronica wants to get rid of Ra raiden right because raiden so... is is the guardian right and he's the badass. He's the leader of the other group. She wants to get rid of him. So she basically rolls back time and wants to erase him from time. That is the overarching plot of the game. That's what drives the whole thing forward, essentially. And there is it Raiden that's immune to the time shift, though. No, he's, he's just a singularity. So he, there can only be one of him. Right. So his, his current present-day jerky version of himself vanishes when the old Mortal Kombat 1 and 2 era one comes through the time stream. And everybody else gets duplicated. So, like, there's two, there's, like, a young Johnny Cage and an mm. old Johnny Cage. Like, every character ha ends up meeting, like, the younger yeah. version of them. And, like, Liu Kang and Kung Lao aren't thrilled to learn that they become zombie monsters. Right. And, uh, they, yeah, because they all end up finding out what they become. Yeah. And Shao Kahn finds out that he get he got He's killed. Dead. And, I mean, and, a lot of them yeah. are dead. Yeah, a lot of them have been killed. Like, and the they're course. like, "Wait, you're already dead!" And they're like, "What? How did I die?" And they tell him how they die. And they're like, "Oh, that's terrible! I don't want to die!" Like, like it's the other interesting thing crazy. about about Shao Kahn is I don't know if I've ever seen them portray him quite so much like a Shokan before. Yeah. Um, where, like, he's clearly... He always kind of looked like just a dude in ar in armor. Right. And in this, he's clearly the same race as, like, Goro... Oh, yeah. ...and uh, Kintaro. Yep. Um, except he just doesn't have four arms. But right. he's got, like, the stripes and the, and yeah, the, and yeah. the nose and all that, and the, and the eyes and everything. I thought that was interesting. I don't know. Maybe maybe he's always been like that. I just never paid attention before, but this is the first time I ever noticed that. And that's kind of the subplot, too, is that... There's someone who's taken over for Shao Kahn. Yeah, Kotal Kahn took over in the previous game. Yeah. 
after or the maybe and the game before. Shao Kahn comes back and he's like, "Wait a minute!" And they're like, "Oh, you died a long time." It's yeah, it's Cause crazy because Kotal, Kotal was his general, right? And the, but now he's like, "Oh, wait, you you overthrew me and took my." And so the Shao Kahn from we're dealing with now, who's alive again, is like, or the younger Shao Kahn, like had no idea that Kotal had that kind of ambition. And then like Kotal's like you know like girlfriend slash whatever from was Jade before she became an evil zombie ninja and she you know younger version of hers back and like it's it's there's a lot of fun stuff they do with the younger versions of the characters interacting with the modern day versions especially johnny cage johnny cage is uh the younger johnny He's cage comic relief is definitely the comic relief but it's fun it's, it works like it it's, does it's, work uh, yeah it's, a, it's some good gags in there with him. Yep. And then, yeah, there's a several characters that are brought also back. Also, really... Dead. Baraka, really... Scarlet, Melina. They were all dead before. Yeah. And, and it, in some ways, I would say that it's a cheap plot device because when... And, well, you got to get those characters in the roster Right, somehow. right. And that's and with time travel, like, you can do anything, basically. Yeah. They're basically... They use it as a plot device to bring back characters who, who are supposed to be gone and dead is really what it is. Um, but they do find a pretty unique way to do it. And, and some of the stuff is permanent. Mm-hmm. Some of the stuff that happens in this game, it isn't just rolled back and until, like, oh. Until next time. Right. Until they do it again. Um, yeah, basically, yeah, it's 20 minutes per chapter. Each chapter is a different character. It actually reminds me a little bit of like Eternal Darkness. Particularly because it's cinematic and it's like story driven. But remember how Eternal Darkness was like that? It had what eleven characters? Yeah, I just I would never think to compare it to that. It's just it's just the Netherrealm formula. They've been doing yeah. they've been doing their campaigns exactly like this since Mortal Kombat Nine. Right, but some people may have not played it before. And I'm trying to find a. If parallel. you haven't played it before, then I don't know what you're doing playing this campaign because you're not going to understand what the hell's going on. They've done a pretty no, good. No, I job. thought they do a great job of catching you. up. I don't think they do at all. I but don't... I also feel like it's cheap because they use the the time travel thing as the way to explain all the stuff that happened before. Yeah. They all they fill you in every time. They're like, "Oh, you did this back then," and they're like, "What I did that?" Like. They yeah, but totally I don't, fill it in. They fill in some of that stuff, but I don't think they do a good job of filling you in on like what the situation of the of the everything is at the beginning. Because I don't remember. Like I played, that, you mean that first scene with Raiden and Shinnok? Well, was, yeah, well, I played Mortal Kombat 10, but I don't remember exactly where that left off or what happened in it beyond Raiden's lightning turning red. It was a long and time like, ago. Um, and they don't really catch you up on any of that, like all, until after, until well after it. Yeah. Like, and when they eventually, eventually they do cut to Jax being like sad and drunk in his house, and I, I didn't remember at all that what had happened with him. Oh, in the really? Game at all? Like, and so I, they, I they make that. a vague reference to the fact that he's not, he's not in this. He was honorably, and he was honorably discharged. Yeah, like something happened and to him. Physically incapacitated or something. But like. That. I didn't remember that. I, you know, I, I knew. Remember. I knew that Jax had, was um, like one of the casualties of the last game. But, uh, you know, I, I didn't, didn't But his see, daughter's didn't in this. So and... I was surprised there wasn't some kind of previously on yeah. something. Because um, it has been a while. I mean, yeah. it's been, what, six years? Five years since the last MK? I, was, I think it's been four. Four or five. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, they, they've alternated between Mortal Kombat and Injustice uh, for the last five games. Um I was also I was surprised there was no like, kind of previously on catch up thing, and I was also I'm also surprised they did not add Mortal Kombat Nine to the Xbox backwards compatibility. Oh, yeah, because that was last gen, right? Because um, it is a, a trilogy. Like they, yeah. they you know they all you know the first the first game is nine, and then ten continue. You know, nine kind of covers Mortal Kombat one through three, and then. Uh, 
10 sort of like went in a completely new direction with the stuff that follows that. And then this is all a completely uncharted territory. Oh, this game comp- also by the end of this game, it it's the end. Like mm-hmm. they, it, whatever happens next is going to be something that starts anew. This definitely closes off the arc of this whole thing that's been going on. Um, but again, I finished it in like five and a half hours and I have really enjoyed it. And what's impressed me the most about it is the fight choreography and the cinematography. Like they literally could cut the four matches out of this and just put this out as a CG movie. And it's better than any Mortal Kombat movie ever made. Hands down. Well, there's damning with faint praise. Right. uh... But still, I mean, they, they could release this as just an animated film and I feel like it would do pretty darn well. Yeah. But, like, then they wouldn't sell copies of the game. Right. People yeah. want to see Well, it's that. interesting, though. Like, that conundrum. It's like, what is? what do you make more money off of? Well, I think NetherRealm would prefer to make money off people buying the game. Yeah. Warner Brothers might prefer to make money off of, you know... A theatrical release theat- for it. Well, you would never get a theatrical release. It would, it would go direct to video. I mean, this... I mean, there's probably four hours of cutscenes in the five and a half... I mean, the matches are literally... You fight four times per, per chapter... And if you're good, the fights don't last very long. I mean, each fight probably lasts two minutes. Mm. And you have eight times four. Less than that, even, because yeah. the timer's 90 seconds. Right. So. so you figure there's 12 chapters, there's four fights per chapter. That's 48. You multiply that by, like, a minute. Like, mm. there's only really an hour of gameplay in the whole campaign. It's really... I mean, and that's really what I think struck me the most. And I know the last few have been like this as well, but... It really, you're just watching most of the time. The fighting yeah. is just kind of a formality. It's very slick still, how they transition from the cinematics into the fights and then vice versa after the fight's over back mm. into the cinematics. Uh, very, very slick. Not as slick when they transition to the fatal blows or the fatalities. Nope. I noticed. Like, uh, the, you remember, that was my what I harked on when I played yeah. the beta. I, I think it's very weird how like when you switch to the fatal blows and the fatalities, all the custom items on the character go away. They're all pre-rendered. Yeah. It's all pre-rendered. Like, if you notice, it's not just that. The background... It gets very dark, so you yep. can't see the details yep, of them. Yep, exactly. Yeah. It's all pre... Which is weird. Very weird. Yeah. They're all pre-rendered. Like, the, the fatalities and the fatal blows. Yep, yeah. All of them. They, uh... It's weird that they did that, but it's also pretty impressive how quickly it finds that video file and plays it, like, yeah, off I'm the sure disc. Yeah, I'm sure it's got everything ready to go, but, like, it's, yeah. it's just weird in a game with with so much customization that, like, when you hit the fatality or whatever, all of a sudden, like, like Sub-Zero and Scorpion aren't wearing their masks anymore. Yeah. Like, because the mask is customizable, so they yeah. just, like, it's just, like, a random dude. Yeah, I know, it's, it's weird. Very weird. It's definitely strange the way that they decided to do it. Um... But yeah, I mean, if you if you were just gonna buy this, if you're not into playing this head to head, you're not into playing it online. You just buy for the campaign. Like, it's a hard sell for me at sixty yeah. bucks. Or at least get uh, go buy it at GameStop. Because <laughs> you could beat if, it like three times in. before you have to return it in forty eight hours easily. But actually, the first game they're kicking that off with at GameStop is Days Gone. Mm. That's what kicks everything off. So and they're in. There's pretty, no way in hell you're finishing they're Days They're pretty sure Gone. they won't finish that in two days. I yeah. can definitely tell you you will not finish that in 48 hours. This, you can play it like eight times before you had to take it back. Yeah, I mean, I just, I don't see a lot of people buying this solely for a campaign. Yeah. Like, it's just not why fighting games sell. Um, I do think it's good. The, the fighting is good. Uh, it's very complex. The tutorial is one of the, um, one of the most detailed Great. tutorials of just how to, like, 
fighting game concepts. Like they explain, you know, f you know, frame disadvantage and frame advantage and startup and and, and all that. I mean, there's it gets into some terminology that like you know. You, you you maybe like would need an explanation. You didn't know, of. but you, you didn't know, but probably you, should. But it's also very important for like even if it's something that's like oh that's why I do that in a fighting game because that's a mechanic and now I have a word for it kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, sort of like it's it's a good it's a good primer. You want to know what my favorite feature is though of the entire game as far as the fighting is concerned? The ability to go into the moves list and select moves that are up on the screen while you play. Mm. So you can go into the moves list and you can just flag whatever moves you want to display on the screen while you fight. And uh, so what I would end up doing is like, you know, because you play a different character every chapter, I would like put up the moves that I wanted to do on the screen. And once I learned them, I'd take them down. But like, and if you're playing in the other modes where you can use fatalities and things like that, to have that fatality thing right up on the screen when you're trying to do a fatality, like it's great. It even shows you like the distance that mm -hmm. you need for your fatalities. Let's say mid, short, or long. Yeah, I th they had those on uh, the last one, I think. I never even I noticed that. it. I never noticed it, but I found it in this one, and I freaking love they, it. You definitely could could put moves up for on Injustice Two. I haven't played Ten in so long, I don't remember, but I'm, I know Injustice Two let you do that. Maybe the way the UI works in this, I just noticed it this time. That could be. But I have been using it, and I love it. I think it's great. And you're right, the tutorial was awesome. Um, but let's start talking about some stuff that isn't so good. Mm -hmm. And there are some parts of this game that are not great, but I think the good news is is that most of it is in modes that the vast majority of people aren't buying the game primarily for. Although it, they are the modes that you're expected to be playing the most. Yeah, and basically it's how the game handles cosmetics. Mm -hmm. It is like most games, and I think you know it's a little odd for me because I love Ed Boon, and it's surprising to me that one of his games would do this, and I wonder how much it was meddling on Warner Brothers' part. But basically, you're going to have to pay for cosmetics. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. Because the in-game currency to get it is such a grind. I mean, mm -hmm. it is, and it's something they could easily tweak, and I would not be shocked if they knew they all are, they along are, they are going to have to tweak it. They already said on a live stream yesterday they are, they are working on tweaking the rate at which you get the various currencies. Okay, so they're not going to change the um, prices. They're going to change the rate that you well, earn. Well, the, the problem isn't like the, the, because the problem, unless I'm missing something, you can buy. You can buy time stones or whatever those things. You know, that's the real money currency you can buy. The problem I have is that the way you unlock stuff the most is through the crypt, which has been a Mortal Kombat tradition for however many, you know, going on 15 years or something now. Um, and I think the crypt in this is really cool. It's a uh, it's a full recreation of Shao Kahn's uh, Shao, uh, Shang Tsung's island from the first Mortal Kombat. All the all the you know the classic stages are in there in full 3D. Like you'll find all the locations. Oh, we should mention it. the stages in this game are freaking awesome. They're pretty cool. They're really um, freaking cool. Like there's I, all I, kinds of weird stuff going on in the backgrounds that like I don't notice the first like ten times yeah, I play a stage. I miss the stage transitions from Injustice. Yeah, um, I guess. I know that I, I'm, I'm on one hand like i guess it's not really what they're about like it's, this is you know but on the other hand these guys can survive these fatal blows they right. can survive being knocked off a cliff once in yeah. a while um but uh it's a cool thing like like the like kotokan's arena like there's like these crazy monsters climbing out of the pits and fighting each other yeah. and all this stuff there's some cool stuff in there um 
you know, ne- NetherRealm commits to their aesthetic. You can never, <laughs> you can never accuse them of, of not like believing at, in that. At the end of the campaign, there are some crazy stages, like really, really cool stages. But like, so I'm wondering, you know, looking around the crypt and stuff, and you're like, just the 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 amount of the various currencies. There's coins, there's soul fragments, and there's hearts. And like you earn like hearts. Like there's a bunch of chests in there that are like either you know two hundred or 250 hearts to open, and you get a heart per fatality. Yeah. Like, it's too slow. And as far as I know, there's no way to transfer the real money currency into hearts or whatever. I don't think that's a thing. That, or if there is, I haven't found it yet. Oh, there um, it will be there. I guarantee if it's not there like, now, it will be. I mean, well, because the thing you're supposed to use the paid currency for is, like, they sell individual upgrade aesthetic things on the store. Right. So, like, okay, instead of going through the crypt and hoping the random number god gives you... The thing you want, you it you goes up, on, it, it rotates around on the store, and you like, oh, I'll just buy it with the real money currency. Um, and the problem is that like the, the 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 various currencies you use accumulate at the speed of a free to play mobile game. Um, and this isn't a free to play mobile game; it's a sixty dollar freaking full game. And I used to really one of the few saving graces of the stupid ex, original Xbox era Mortal Kombat's was running through the the crypt and unlocking all the stuff but you can't do that in this game because they're so stingy with all the all the currencies and it's like you've already paid full price for this thing let me play the goddamn game well they also randomized a bunch of stuff yeah the randomized stuff is worse than ever because so you won't even be able to use like a guide to get through this stuff anymore because it does there's no order for it anymore like with the last game you could kind of skirt around some of this stuff because you can just mm. use a guide and it would tell you I, exactly how to do it. But I believe the, the heart chests have set con- con- containment, uh, c- c- set contents. But like there's, you'll see like uh, Kronika spheres on the wall in the crypt that, that like you can reset all the normal chests uh, again and then open them all for the, pay coins again to open them all and hope you get better, you know, hope the roulette's better this time, yeah. you know? Like, that's what they want you to do, is just continually, you know, throw yourself at the mercy of the random number generator and hope that you get the thing you want. There is a there is in the towers section, and that's a whole other thing, but there is a, you can pay or do a thing where you can open a tower for a specific character so that tower will only give you stuff for the character, for character you want to focus yeah. on. Right. Which is um, nice. Which is fine. Because when you talk about fighting games, people find a main... But and... the tower thing is a whole other can of worms. Um, because that's exact. It's almost exactly like uh, the multiverse thing on Injustice 2, where you had all, you know it was all online. They changed out things like either on a weekly or sometimes a daily or sometimes an hourly basis. New planets would come up and you'd play those. So these are all towers, like the old towers in the arcade games. But they use all these modifiers. So like sometimes there'll be missiles firing at you that drain your life and give your health to the opponent. Or sometimes the opponent will like be magnetized and pull you in and like so you can't really control the distance between yourself and your opponent. Uh, Sometimes they'll be like you have to do extra damage, whatever. And they just pile these modifiers on and on and on. And what you you have these things called consumables, obviously spelled with a K, that you pick up <laughs> you pick up in the crypt or you pick up in the um, in the uh, tower mode, or you can use uh, your real money currency to buy. And like you, these consumables tend to be designed specifically to counteract the modifiers that are ruining your freaking game. And <laughs> there are points at which if you are not using these consumables, you are not going to win that match. Oh yeah. Oh, there's some fights in it that you just aren't going to win. No. It's so cheap. Like, I cannot believe it. And, like, that was not in Injustice 2. I I mean, there were modifiers, but they never made it impossible to do. 
And this I'm is shocked that Ed Boon is had allowed this yeah. in, in the game. I mean, it, it is that bad. Like, if you are interested in playing these modes, these are huge barriers to enjoying them. Like, if you're gonna put, and I'm, you know, if you're gonna do that, if you're gonna put stuff like that in and make that part of how the game functions, you need to drop the price. Yeah, for sure. Because you're making, you're recouping so much money on this crap. The like, more the more free to play mobile ideas you put into your game, the less the, you, the, game the less should you be. Can, should be able to charge for. Yeah. It. So the problem here is that while I th- I do think it's a really good fighting game, I really as a, as a Mortal Kombat game like one on one playing fights online or with you know locally or whatever, the the you know the combat system how it all works, all the various things the, you know the perf- the flawless blocks, all the th- new things they've added, it's all great. It's a it's a it's an in depth fighting game. That I have enjoyed playing. It's tactical, but yeah. I don't feel like I can tell someone to spend sixty dollars on it. It's hard because it's so infested with all this, like you know. And even if you don't, it's not a thing where it's like even if you don't want to spend money and don't want to play it, it it makes it not fun because it's such a slow drip feed that I feel like I'm not getting anything out of it, even if I'm playing like for a long time. And like they didn't balance that right, and maybe this yeah, whatever thing they talked like, about on, they talked about yesterday, maybe that will fix some of it. But I doubt it will go all the way to fixing it. It's very noticeable, and it's very interfering into the flow of and the fun of the game. And I I, I agree with you. I'm I'm very disappointed that something Ed Boon made has this in it because they so far have resisted that idea. Even in Injustice Two, which did have time skip real money options, but it didn't ruin the game for someone who was trying to just play it normally and i think i think this game in terms of you know the towers the tower ti- towers of time or whatever they're called that was a real longevity booster for injustice 2 was having that mode and that mode is not this on this it's just frustrating and annoying the other thing too is that the it's a lot some of it's not just cosmetics like some of the variants for the characters change how the characters play yeah they get a different weapon like instead of using mm. like a chain they'll use like a freaking pole like it's not just like, oh, I really want that purple gi, and I'll pay $2. It's not that. There's more to it than that. There are color swaps and things like that, but the DLC or the cosmetics in this game go beyond just color swaps and palette swaps. So it's dicey, man. Um, I mean, I would argue that the total package is probably still worth $60. Um, I, again, I would not buy it just for the campaign if that's all you're interested in playing. That's That makes it a red box special to me mm-hmm. i mean if you're really gonna like play hardcore online just competitive competitive it's competitive, worth the money yeah it's worth the money but if you want it if you think it's going to be a total package of like all this content to do the way injustice 2 was i think mortal kombat's um you know microtransaction and like and like you know annoy you with how slow progress is until you break down and give us money i think that element is so prevalent it that is that I, bad that it's not it's not the same thing as injustice 2 where like injustice 2 felt like it had all this stuff to do and like if you wanted to spend money to jump ahead you could but you never felt like pressured into it and i think mortal kombat pressures you to do that constantly i agree agree a thousand percent and i think that's shitty it is it absolutely that's why i can't believe ed boone's game like the only thing i can figure is that warner brothers finally just beat him into submission and was like look you want to keep making these games this is what we're gonna do i guess even though they sell 10 million freaking copies it's mind-boggling the best-selling fighting game going right now. it is i mean it's it's the best-selling fighting franchise i mean not even that i mean also injustice injustice sells great too like nether realm is gold nether realm's money in the bank every single time they make one the only thing that can screw it up is warner brothers warner brothers (laughs) that's the sad truth just like they did with shadow of war yeah Yep. Uh, so and Shadow of War was a similar thing. Not it wasn't as blatant, 
But there was that element once you got into that last act of the game where you're like, I am not getting anywhere. Yeah. Like that, it was that feeling of just like, yeah, you're just on this treadmill and it's really obvious and nothing, you're not feeling rewarded. You're not feeling like you're making any headway. And like, they're just dangling that, that real money carrot on that stick in front of you. And like, I never went for it in Shadow of War. I just stopped playing it. Yeah. Um, but this one, I mean, at least Shadow of War waited until act four to do that to right. you. And on this game, it's right there. Yeah. As soon as right you start, as soon as you open up the crypt, you're like, oh, I get what you're after. Like yep. when I was like, you know, I'd been playing the crypt for like an hour and I had like 200 uh, soul fragments. And finally I found the item I need to uh, open the chest that, open the things that use soul fragments to be opened. And I was expecting, because of how rare the soul fragments I was getting, you know, every time you open a new area, you get like 10 soul fragments. I was expecting it to be like, oh, it'll be like 10 soul fragments. No, it's 100. Yeah. It's 100 soul fragments to open these chests, and there's, there's dozens of them. I know. And I'm like, where am I supposed to get that much? And I did find more in certain chests, but you're, again, at the mercy of the random it's number generator. Random. It's all crunching underneath the hood. And it's, yeah. uh, let, me, let me tell you, that algorithm is designed to pull money out of your wallet. Yep. Guaranteed. And it just it just constantly feels dirty and manipulative. And it's a shame. It is a shame. Uh, if if you rebalance this, if all you need to do is rebalance how fast you get that currency and how it all works in that regard, uh, and it would feel like it feel and you can leave it for like people who want to jump ahead or pay extra money for whatever. That's fine. But like I feel like they've tilted it too far away from giving a decent experience to someone who doesn't, doesn't want to spend money. Doesn't want to pay. Yeah. But absolutely. the thing is. I did spend money. I know. I, I spent, spent sixty exactly. fucking dollars. Yeah, it's. I don't bad. run into games very often where I feel like they cross that line so hard. Well, I mean, how often do we talk about it on the show? Like hardly ever. Not too much. Usually the because balance is better. They figured it out by now. And like I just, they completely blew it on this one. It's that bad. It really, I mean, it is. really is. Um, if you don't like that kind of thing in your games. Don't go anywhere near this one. I would also guess that they're going to do a huge about face on this in the next seven days. They, they have to. Because what's going to happen... It's, be, it's ruining my fun. I was actually surprised that more reviews didn't make a bigger deal out of it than Same. they did. Same. Um, but I have a feeling that once it gets into the hands of players today, tomorrow, Wednesday, by the time you get to the weekend... Yeah. People are going to be pissed. Yeah, like, I'm already having trouble on the towers thing. I'm already having trouble progressing yeah. without it. And, like, I'm oh, not that's bad no at this game. <laughs> It's like, when I said the game is easy, I wasn't talking about that. I was talking about the campaign. Yeah, and I'm not bad at this oh, game. Oh, you can't win? I believe you like, cannot win no. some of those matches. Also, keep in mind, the modifiers do not affect your opponent. Right. Like, there's yep. missiles flying everywhere, but they won't hit them. Yep. Like, you're just going to get knocked out of your, your yeah, stuff constantly. Yeah, it's just going to screw you up. So, I mean, I would still... After talking with you about it, it, it's making me second guess it. But I think I, I think it's still worth sixty bucks. Um, I do have look. I do have faith in Ed Boon, and I do think that he knows that this is wrong. And I do think that maybe he was waiting for the fan feedback to be able to like really make his that point. That could be, but I I can't recommend it if you're going to do anything with it other than just play versus. Like if you want to play versus, if you want to play in local tournaments, and you, you the gotta, campaign, the like, campaign is a touch. Campaign's that stuff. good, um, but like if you want to play, if you need a, if a five-hour campaign and a competitive game is enough for you for sixty bucks, sure, great, done. But if you are expecting something like Injustice Two, yeah. which was a total package of a competitive game, a really good campaign, and all that kind of endless content, like playing through those multiverse worlds. Because those multiverse worlds also had the modifiers, but I never felt just stonewalled yeah. the way I am in this game. Oh, yeah, game. I feel like I gave up. Yeah. I was like, you just, if certain fights, you're like, I cannot win this. It's like they know what you're going to do before you freaking yeah. do it. And they and block I was, everything. I was like, watching a, a streamer called uh, named uh, Maximilian Dude. 
uh, he does like a lot of fighting stuff. But he was trying to get through some of these things. He had it was a group fight thing where he had like his friends uh, helping him with like like basically almost like assists bringing in. Yeah. And it I don't know how many tries he he tried, but finally he beat it beat the match and the game crashed <laughs> that's like me playing the division too i have also had i've had four i think four crashes wow i haven't had any i've had um, none maybe it's a ps4 pro thing i have a pro um, you i'm playing pro? on okay. pro yeah it's crashed several times i haven't really lost any anything um but it crashed uh multiple that is surprising crashed twice during the campaign and twice when i was playing uh tower stuff wow um, just, I, would, I would say the netcode in this game is rock solid. Netcode feels pretty good, but it, it yeah. was never online. It didn't crash online. It's always it's been two campaign crashes and two tower crashes. And to be usually fair, I'm the one who has a crashes, and you don't. And to be fair, um, the, the the crashes on the campaign were not an issue because they the, the checkpoints Had brought me right back and, up. It yeah. was, I mean, it wasn't. I didn't lose much time. But wow! But Maximilian, Weird. dude. Um, <laughs> that's a different story. He, he just stood up and said, "That's perfect. That's it. that's this whole thing." That's when he just closed the stream. He did. Like, <laughs> he was just like, "It sums it all up. Like that's it. That's this game." Yeah. But I mean, even trying, even trying to get through that for like, I think it was like thirty minutes or more for one, just one match. Yeah. One specific match. I, I think I would still recommend a purchase. I, I do have faith that they're going to get it fixed. It's not going to stay this way for a long. Because it's so I'm bad. I'm sure you're right, but I'm still going to say wait, wait for them to fix it. Yeah. You could do that because I think it'll be. You know be... what? Like Anthem's sort of the same way, and I still haven't got fixed that. So. Yeah. I mean, re- this, this, all this would need but is a rebalancing. Ed Boon didn't work zeros. on Anthem. <laughs> True. I just, I just, I don't. just, I just have a lot of faith in him. I just do. And we'll see I've how known he, him for like twenty years. We'll and see how incremental they they make him do it, make it do it. You know, who knows? Yeah. Like, like it's it's gonna take a it's a pretty heavy shift. And I to think, make it to make it fair. I think they're gonna get the the clap back to match. I think they're gonna hear it over I the next so, few days. I hope so because it's like you make you make currency too slow, yep, way too absolutely. slow. Absolutely. Uh, so in honor of Mortal Kombat coming out, uh, our poll of the week on Twitter this week was all about fighting games. Uh, and if you guys are not following us on Twitter, please do. We're at Sifted Games, and we're doing a poll every week on our Twitter page, and then we're gonna bring it up on Game Face. And this week's was what is the best fighting game franchise? So the reason we phrased the question this way is because I knew that Mortal Kombat and Injustice are the best-selling fighting game franchises. So I was interested to see if, even though everyone's buying them, do they actually think that they're the best games? So bring up the poll, Sam. And it was, it's tough because Twitter only allows four options on a poll. That's the max that you can have. So obviously Tekken's not there. Dead or Alive is not there. Just Soul le- Calibur is not there. Even the, uh, the, the SNK fans out in the cold. But... I mean, it was hard to cut it down to four, trust me. But this is the four that we settled on. Um, I'm surprised there wasn't more support for Marvel vs. Capcom. Because eh. it kind of is. A lot of, a lot of the people that love Mar- the Marvel vs. Capcom stuff are going to default to Street Fighter as their favorite. But this poll is really interesting because Mortal Kombat is the best-selling fighting franchise and it is third as far as what the quality and whether people think it's the best fighting franchise. Um, I mean, Smash Brothers, for being a platform exclusive, did pretty darn well in that poll. Yeah. I was pretty surprised by that. Um, Street Fighter, though, reigns supreme. I mean, supreme. I would guess Smash Brothers Ultimate is going to sell more than Mortal Kombat mm-hmm. 11. It'll be close. It'll be really close. Smash Brothers has not traditionally sold that much, but it looks like Ultimate is, this one on, is. is on track. This one absolutely is. Um, and people op- obviously love it. It won, It got 29%, and Street Fighter just ekes it out with 32 
But I think ultimately our Twitter followers got it right. I think yeah, well, Street I mean, Fighter is the best fighting franchise. I agree with that. But I mean, Mortal Kombat sells the most in part because it appeals to people who don't normally play fighting games and answer polls about them on Twitter. Definitely sells so, more to people who do not follow us on Twitter yeah. <laughs> or have never heard of Sifted in their entire lives. And honestly, I'm okay with that. I, I like the audience that we attract on Sifted. We have the hardest of the hardcore. If you're not hardcore, you don't stick around on Sifted. Yeah, I think Mortal- of, if you're not hardcore, you don't watch Game Face. I guarantee you that. That's for sure. Well, not a, if you're not hardcore, you aren't watching a three-hour show where for not for sure two forty-plus yeah. dudes yep. babble about nonsense <laughs> about video games for three. Yeah, that's that's a that's a hardcore activity. Absolutely. And Hopefully, I like you're it doing that way. something else while you're listening to us too. Cause, yeah. You know, you I got to multitask. In I'll fully admit I listen to our podcast afterwards. Like really? Oh yeah. Tomorrow while I'm working, I will listen to our podcast. Uh, I don't. I I don't. Also because I don't like my voice. Ah. But. I'm kind of used to it now because you, you voice if you do enough VO you get used to it. Yeah. But it's like I don't need to hear what I think. I know what I think. I mean, I listen to it for critical reasons, like how's the audio, like what right. part of what part of the discussion did I drive the wrong direction? How could I do it different next time? And I and honestly, I just think our podcast is good. Like I like mm-hmm. listening to it. So yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't I'm, I, everything I do is correct. So. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. No, I, I, I get it right the first time every time. I don't need to see it again. I, I like to put on uh, if I'm if I'm not playing a game with the sound on, which usually sometimes I'm not. If I'm like cleaning up open world stuff on something, yeah, I'll put on like uh, history podcast or something, and just like Assassin's Creed is good for that. Yeah, just like endlessly running around ancient ancient Greece, listening to podcasts about ancient Greece. Yeah. <laughs> that's, all right, that's what all the cool people do on Friday night, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for the show. It's time for our trailer of the week. I would have loved to have made it an MK trailer because obviously that's the big release this week. But there's this other little fighting game that had a huge update this week, and that's Super Smash Brothers mm-hmm. Ultimate. I'm sure people are pissed off that we did not talk about the update on the show, but neither Matt nor I are huge Smash players. I haven't even checked it out, to be honest with you. Neither have I. But I wanted to make sure that we showed it some love on this episode because, one, people just need to know that the stuff is out there, and, two, we want to make sure we have some Nintendo stuff in every episode. So, the trailer of the week this week is for Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Otherwise, that Nintendo person who's assigned to us won't have to watch it. Yeah, and that's they bad. get to get the week off. Yeah. <laughs> You get no weeks off. I do have a feeling, though, this trailer may send up some flags on YouTube, though. Probably. And not because it's Nintendo, because now all their stuff is cleared, but because it has Joker from Persona 5. Let's roll it. been waiting for so many legendary fighters awesome uh, are you sure he can handle this i mean he's got a knife and a gun i'm sure he'll be fine i don't know they look pretty tough harness the power of the heart to summon a persona unleash the rebellious spirit growing inside you persona Oh, Arsene. Arsene? Can't he use a more powerful persona? What are you talking about? Arsene is awesome! It's Joker's main persona. As long as you hold on to your rebellious spirit, Arsene will give your attacks an extra punch. Wow, 
He can use wings instead of his grappling hook. If Joker is attacked while Arsene is around, he can counterattack with Tetracarn and Makarakarn. A counter that's also a reflect? Is that even allowed? This is... Mementos? The palace birthed from the hearts of the masses, right? Yes, and Mementos has a little secret. Isn't its entire existence a secret? The base color changes depending on the music. Oh. Seriously? That's awesome! I can hardly believe my eyes! Now's our chance! Let's help him out! Witness the power of the Phantom Thieves! Go! Beat him up! Smash is looking cool, eh, Joker? So, Matt, a little strange that Persona 5 is not available on Nintendo hardware. Yeah. And he's in the game. So, I mean, I assume it's coming. We had like... talked about how we just assumed that they would announce Persona 5 for Switch on the day he came out for Smash, but that did not happen. I guess we're waiting for uh, the E3 Direct or whatever, if they have another Direct coming this month or next month. I don't yeah. know. Uh, it's just weird that, like, you know, Smash Brothers seems like it's supposed to be sort of a... I mean, I guess it doesn't make that... It's not that crazy, I guess, because, like, Cloud wasn't on a Nintendo system. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, it's just that's true. It's just they're representing a, a, a franchise that is associated with Nintendo systems, but they don't always go for the character that is related to the Nintendo... It's weird. Yeah. Hey, uh, Twitch for fun. Thank you very much for the bits, man. Really appreciate it. Uh, and it's time for our Q&A as well. You guys are very well, as normally, you guys are very well trained. You've already got questions in the chat. Uh, w. Matthew is hooking us up with the MPD information that just came out uh, while we were prepping for the show. Um, March MPDs are out. Switch is the best-selling hardware, not a shock. Division 2 is the best-selling game. Um, the biggest surprise is Smash is at fifth this many months out. What's your overall opinion of the MPDs? I don't think it's surprising that Smash is still at fifth. No, that seems about... You know, Nintendo Nintendo games hang on pretty pretty long. On yeah, but particularly Smash. I mean, people are still getting Switches. People got gift cards for Christmas. Then they got their Switch, yeah. and so they're like getting games. Somebody's got to be the new uh, Mario Kart Eight. I mean, also last month was not a gigantic month for games. There were like four big ones, especially on Switch. Yeah, like if you're buying a big game on Switch, it's you know, Smash Smash is still it, even the, all these months later. Yep. Um, my thoughts, I mean, it's pretty much as expected. I think everyone assumed the Division 2 would be the best-selling game. Um, Switch, best hardware, maybe that's a little surprising. I don't know. They, they didn't they, have any new games coming yeah, out. Yeah, but the other hardware is so old now. Yeah. Like, You're still building your audience on Switch. Yeah. Whereas the other ones are just kind of like there. Yeah, you're, you're, just you're definitely on the downslope with the other systems. The other systems are just making all the money off software now. Yeah. I mean, this is the golden age. This is where they make all the money off a of generation. Although, if I was thinking about buying a Switch, I'd probably be waiting to see what those new models look like. Oh, yeah? But then maybe if I'm waiting to buy a Switch, I don't know that those new models are coming because I don't follow the industry <laughs> yeah, that closely, Probably not. So. 
Probably not. Uh, Justin Horman. Has Mr. Kyle been playing Ninja Gaiden 2 since it went backwards compatible? He was when I left here last week. Yeah, I played a fair amount of it. It's still good. I forgot how gory it is. <laughs> um, how many incendiary shurikens have you eaten? Oh, not too many. <laughs> That's the, pretty much the first thing you learn to deal with. Uh, it's the werewolves that uh, drive me nuts more than anything Oh, yeah, else. they're evil, yeah. man. They're tough. But uh, the scythe deals with it, more or less. Yeah. Is that what you're it's a good using? Game. Yeah, I, I switch between the, the the normal sword and the scythe. Those are my two favorites. Um, I also went back and played a little bit of Ninja Gaiden Black, the first one. Nice. I How far did you get before you quit? Um, the horse battle. Oh no, I got to. Um, uh, where am I? I? I got to the point where you come back out of the the underground and the military's taken over the city. Oh, okay. That's where I am now. So chapter, a, chapter eleven or twelve. Yeah, or you made it pretty far. That's crazy. Um, oh, he has a question here, too. Um, has there been any, any games added to backwards compatibility that either of you have played a lot, or you just not have enough time for old games? Um, I replayed Fable 3 uh, recently, although, unfortunately, they just, like, you know, made it Xbox One X enhanced, so, like, I played it before they did that, uh-huh. and there were all these weird errors in it that I bet don't happen now. <laughs> um uh, I played. I played both. I played all the Fables backwards compatible over the course of the Xbox One's existence. Actually, um, I like those games. You use backwards compatibility a lot. I do. Uh, Red Dead Redemption One. Yeah, I played it looked through amazing. That again. Yeah. Um, I've n- I used it to check it out, and I have not done it since. And a big reason why is because when I come over here, Matt a lot of times has like something on his X playing that's an old game, and I stand there and I'm like gobsmacked. I'm like, holy crap, man. Dude, they do a good job. Ninja Gaiden yeah, 2 looks really good. Yeah, it does. I was shocked, man. I was like, damn, it looks like a different game. Yeah. It's really crazy. It's impressive what they're doing with it. But I, but yeah, to your point, yeah, I just don't have time to go back and play old games, unfortunately. Yeah, I wish I I've, did. But I've made some time for them on, on the X. It's, uh, like you said, the, the, the up-res and the... And the, the it's it, shocking. As long as they're specifically enhanced, as long as there's an update for them, uh, they look pretty good. And yeah. I did load up Fable 3 after they, you know, my save after they uh, updated it. And yeah, like it's super sharp. It looks way better. Um, yeah, I wish I'd, I wish I'd waited an, an extra three weeks to do that. <laughs> I mean, I remember when we were sitting there watching it, like, we're like, what kind of update could be coming Yeah, for this? I didn't see that. It just coming. happened on the fly. Uh, let's see. J. Reed Vic 7 during a rapid fire QA. With Game Informer, Ed Boone revealed that Neo from The Matrix was almost in Injustice 2, but the deal fell through. Will we ever see Matrix in games again before there's inevitably rebooted films? Um, I would be very surprised if we saw more Matrix games. Yeah. The, the, that, that, the time has passed. I mean, even when the time hadn't passed, the games were so bad. Yeah. Um... The uh, I mean, there's a they good, tried. There's a good Matrix game. Yo, you could make somewhere. a great Matrix yeah, game. Could, I mean, you could definitely. I would argue Conker's Bad Fur Day was a better Matrix That's than true. the Matrix video yeah. games. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm pro- I'm like ninety percent sure that the reason that would have fallen through is the likeness rights for Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Um, which is probably also why we're not getting John Wick in Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Um, which is unfortunate. Well, apparently, we are getting Joker, uh, Terminator, and Spawn, Spawn. of all. I mean, McFarlane is trying to make Spawn a thing again because they're making a new movie. Mm-hmm. Um, all three of those seem to be movie tie-ins, actually. The new Joker, it's the new Terminators, all that. But, um, I mean, I would I would definitely like to play a decent Matrix game, but, like, I, it's been too long. That 
that movie's 20 years old this month it's or crazy. last month you know it's it's over it's really mind happened boy. oh yeah it's way too late i don't even know if they'll reboot for movies to be there honest. there's been talk of like a morpheus prequel um about like morpheus's youth or something i don't know if that would ever happen the wachowskis certainly wouldn't make it um because they're semi-retired or maybe fully retired like they, or, or fully moved on yeah well also that yeah but like yeah they shut their production company down and and basically walked away from movies so wow uh, i mean if there's anything that could maybe tempt the wachowski sisters back in would be maybe to take re- retake control of the matrix but i also feel like they probably feel like they've told that story and they don't need to go back to it they've also made a ton of money they have but then you know it's not like their last few movies made a ton of money either so we'll, i don't know hopefully they were smart with money uh, in the meantime, because uh, they, nobody got rich off Jupiter Ascending and Cloud Atlas. <laughs> oh, definitely. That much. oh, you know what I would say is uh, Jupiter Ascending wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. I think Jupiter Ascending is pretty bad. It's pretty bad, but, it's not but I ba- honestly it's... thought it was going to be like one of the worst movies no, ever No, it's made not as bad, bad as its reputation, yeah. but Eddie Redmayne's performance is one of the worst things it is I've, I've <laughs> ever seen. It is hilariously bad. Um, it really is. On the flip side, uh, I think Speed Racer is underrated. I'd agree with that, too. Yep. I was a big Speed Racer fan as a kid. I actually was... I'm I think that enough. is as good as a Speed Racer movie was ever going to be. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, no question. Yeah, yeah. Um, and visually... It's insane it's, that they ever made it. Yeah. It's really... I mean, it was like a niche cartoon when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. It's nuts that they made that thing. Uh, let's see. Vincent, here's some updates or some clarifications. Uh, two notes on the return stuff. GameStop is only allow, allowing returns for specific games. Mm. I did not see that. It wasn't in the story that I read, um, starting with Days Gone, as I mentioned. And MK11, it's not part of it, but yeah. we knew that as well. And PSN only allows returns if you haven't started downloading the game yet. So you can't actually sample the game and uh, then return it on PSN. Hmm. So that's mostly there in case you made a mistake, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's really all it's there for, is if you downloaded accidentally the wrong thing. Or you just have buyer's remorse, like immediate buyer's remorse. Too Faust for You, Square Enix announced today that it's taking Sony's usual time slot for E3. Do you think this means that they've got some big games such as Avengers and Final Fantasy VII Remake to show, or do you think that it will bomb like they're showing at E3 last year? I do not think that that's why they took the slot. That they no, have, I like, think they just took it because it's a more it's visible there. slot. Yeah, it's, it's like slot. the prime slot. Yeah. It's like there's a reason Sony had it all this time. People are used to tuning in at that day and time during E3. I mean... I'm surprised there wasn't, like, a fight over that time slot from all the mm-hmm. publishers. Um, to your point about last year, remember Square Enix tried to do the whole Nintendo Direct thing last year, yeah. and it was a disaster. I don't know if I've ever been so happy we did not go live for something. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I think they'll probably do that again. Yeah, I mean, it seems likely. I don't think um, they're going to do, like, a live press conference. No, uh, and as far as having big stuff, I mean... It feels like it's past time to show that Avengers game, but who knows? Um, it feels like now, that, you know, once Endgame's out, then like you know, you can show this game that probably ties in somehow with whatever happens in in those movies. Um, so maybe we will get to see it. I mean, at least the fa- just the fact that they showed that Iron Man VR game was just like, wow, movement. Hey, look, there's life in them still. Um, Final Fantasy VII remake. I I think that game's years out. Yeah, years and years out. They have been working on it for a long time. Yeah, but it's. I think they they went more or less back to the drawing board at some point again, and now they, once once Nomura finished Kingdom Hearts three, I think they they sort of they took two steps back again, and 
I'll tell you this much: you're going to need to buy a PS5 for it. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be on modern systems. Well, it actually flows perfectly into our next question from Majora Tom ninety one. You think the reason why Sony is being quiet this year is a lot of Sony's lineup is for PS five, and they're spending a lot of time on how to message, uh, how to message trying to sell that to the public. Yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of been my theory for most of the time. Is like, you know, these are their last four big releases on the PS4, and anything going forward, they are going to have to talk about the PS5, and they're not ready to do that yet. Yeah. You know, you've got, uh, you know, you got Days Gone, you got Ghost of Tsushima, you have Death Stranding, and you have Last of Us 2. Those are your, those are your swan song first-party titles for PS4, PS4 and Dreams, um, which everyone keeps forgetting about. but Including us. Yeah, which, but, it, <laughs> but it is available for early access right now. It is. 35 bucks, I think. Yeah. And... Um, so yeah, I think um, it probably is that. You know, I think I said that back when they announced it. It's like whatever, anything else they can say about any of that stuff, which is going to require them to talk about PS5, and they are not willing to do that until I was going to say until later this year or next year. But then Mark Cerny talked about it, so now we're. Yep. I, mean, I don't. <laughs> I don't know. I, it's yeah. it's a mystery. Commander Fett 03, thank you for the bits. Joaquin Dragoon, thank you for the bits. Very generous, guys. Very awesome. Snub Barracuda, thank you for subscribing via Twitch Prime. Um, J. Reed Vic 7 thank you for subscribing via Twitch Prime. If I missed anybody, I apologize. Um, Vincent says Persona 5 R&S are being announced this week. Hmm. So I guess we'll see that soon. Uh, let see if we have any more questions. I think that's it. Uh, Joaquin Dragon, what do you think of Dragon's Dogma? Should I try it on Switch? Dragon's Dogma is great. I think you should, if you have a PS4, you should try it on PS4. Yeah, although there's some cool stuff on the Switch version um, in terms of like costumes and things you can do with the pawns. Um, but no, Dragon's Dogma is fantastic, and you should you should play it on whatever you can play it on. Uh, obviously, it's going to run a little better on uh, the other the other platforms. A lot better. It also looks bad on Switch. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it was never much of a Mortal looker. Kombat looks pretty bad on Switch too. Yeah, it was never. I mean, Dragon uh, Dragon's Dogma was never much of a looker to begin with. It wasn't. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's, the downgrade on that is Mortal Kombat looks like a mobile game on <laughs> Switch. Well, it plays like one. So here we go. <laughs> well, the um, monetization's like a mobile yeah. game. That's for sure. Uh, so yeah, I would say however you want to play Dragon's Dogma, play it because it's very good. Oh, there was another question I saw about Wolves uh, Hunting Packs, by the way. Just so you know, they do. Um, I saw someone ask a question about uh, GameStop and Game Informer, but I want to make sure I give them credit for their question. Um, I can't find it now. Hmm? Someone someone asked a question. It was what hap- if GameStop goes out of business? What happens to Game Informer? So yeah. you start answering that while I look for the person so we can give them credit. Um, yeah, I, I definitely saw that. Um, I would guess Game Informer goes away unless somebody swoops in and buys it. Um, but I can't imagine who would want to do that. Killzone 310 said that. I think it dies. Yeah. Like, I mean, I guess someone could buy it, but I don't know who would want to do that. And didn't, uh, if I remember correctly... I don't think it was that long ago that, like, Game Informer and other countries, weren't they shut down everything but, like, U.S.? I don't know. I thought it was. I mean, I think there's already been kind of a step towards that. But, yeah, I mean, if you're wondering why there's one video game magazine left still standing after all this time, 
that's why it gets mm-hmm. subsidized by GameStop. And in all honesty, GameStop should have probably stopped that deal a long freaking time ago. I mean, maybe it thinks that somehow it's making it money. I mean, really, all it's doing is just keeping Game Informer afloat. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm okay with that because I know several people who work at Game Informer. Well, yeah, of course. But, uh, yeah. I don't, I mean, from a business standpoint, I don't really know what they're after with it, but yeah. it's just sort of inertia at this point, I guess. But yeah, I would say if, it, if GameStop goes away, which I don't think is going to happen for years, to, I think probably the earliest, like three years from now. Yeah. Um, and then when that happens, I think Game Informer will go away. Yeah. Unless... It'll live on probably as a website, like it'll stay online, but it will just, will stop producing the Dead Tree Media version. Yeah. Or, I mean, I don't know, I don't know what happens with that. I mean, who knows? It'll be, it'll be a, a long, slow collapse uh, over the slow course motion, of several train years. train crash, yeah. Train wreck. All right. That's it for Game Face 165. I had fun today. I hope you guys did too. hope you're having a great early part of your week and you're having a great Tuesday night with us. Uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, please do us a favor and please subscribe via Twitch Prime. If you have uh, Amazon Prime, just connect your accounts. Everything's down below. It takes a minute the first time. And after you do it the first time, it literally takes five seconds. You give us $2.50 and it costs you nothing. I can't understand why you wouldn't do it if you're enjoying the show or you're enjoying Pactor Factor. So please do it. We'd really appreciate it. And you're getting the show for free, so why not? So with that, Game Face is up and out. <laughs>